0: Welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Tonight we'll be doing an episode of Matters at Hand. Due to a last minute cancellation, this is what we've got. Tonight we are joined by myself, Xander, John, Matt, and Heather. Welcome, Matt and Heather, to your first Matters at Hands episode. Hooray! Woo! <laughs> Given that we have our DM tonight, does anybody have any special questions regarding the campaign? Questions they may need answered. I
1: I got a I got a question for all of you. How the fuck do you put up with it?
2: Uh, a, lot of, a lot of <laughs> drinking. a lot of <laughs> drinking.
1: A lot drinking. One of the one of the things and call it I guess a little bit of like imposter syndrome with it is since since we all kind of started this way back uh, when it was conceived as a one shot. To just uh just to fuck around and try D and D online, like I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna put this together and we'll see where it goes. And then as I'm doing it, I think I went to work and told Robin, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be this can't be done in like one session. <laughs> so we're we're going to have to. Maybe we'll do. Well, I think I think the original was Maybe we'll do like five sessions.
0: I want to say we said like two or three.
3: Yeah, I think it was like two after or three. the first
0: session, we're like, you know what, this isn't gonna end. You know within the next session maybe we'll push it to three but who knows and here we are it's 40 a... something sessions
1: later yeah and i think I, I i look back on like a lot of my sessions now and i'm just like i just kind of like threw it together in a lot of them and then that's why sometimes uh we would have like those spots where I let you know, like, hey, I don't think I have a good enough session this week before we were doing the podcast. I would let you guys know I'm like, it's not where I want it to be, so uh, yeah. let's let's play next week, because I would always want to like have at least something interesting. And that's always the thing is like when I when I like set up my little file for it and I lay out my bullet points, I'm like, This is interesting. I think this is just going through the motions, but I think a lot of bit is characters will like fill that out and so yeah. li- li- listening to the sessions again and, and just flipping through casually that's what I do as I'll go back and I'll be like I don't really do it in a sequential order but I'll go back and listen to something just for shits and giggles and curiosity and I'm just like okay that presentation of it ended out better than I had thought in my head and how I wrote it down because it's like like story beats I think are easier, but if you guys are like traveling from point A to point b it it in my brain, it's like it's hard to make that super interesting. So usually I'll have to like throw in something crazy,
0: yeah, but even there have been so many sessions where we'd like we hardly touched your page of notes, yeah because of role play, yeah, like we would drag out an episode for hours and we'd you know we hadn't even left the town we were we were supposed to like leave the town get on the road get to the next town in that session and we didn't even leave the town because we were so busy role-playing
1: yep those those were those were weird for me because uh let me let me pull it up really quick let me find the first session
4: well honestly i noticed that happens with a lot of our one shots too Is like where we get so involved with our role play that that's why the one shots get so drawn out
0: Oh yeah, Lament was like that. Lament was designed. A well, remedy
4: to... was like that too.
0: Lament was like that, remedy was designed. Lament was okay, so Lament was designed to be a long one-shot. Yeah. It was designed to last 5 hours. Just based in combat, the multiple stages you had to go through. And the final the in the epilogue, I figured that in total, if there wasn't a lot of roleplay, this would take about five hours. I learned that lesson the hard way. It did not.
4: No, it it took like three sessions.
3: <sighs> it took three. four three sessions? sessions. Okay. Then it, it would have made sense. Because with two new players the chances of everybody roleplaying that well together, like their first time out in a game, was almost zero to none. It just happened yeah yeah a lot
0: of shit just kind of happened I think
2: that a lot of it comes from uh, that all of us at that point had played uh, D&D to some aspect right like we've all played D&D at that point Um, not with each other I think uh, Lament was actually our first time all playing together yes that was Um, you and uh, Ethan's debut but yeah, that's how you guys uh, got
4: introduced.
2: But it was also, like, it was kind of a meeting of, of the minds. Like, how do we, like, let's all get together, let's, let's play D&D, and let's feel everything out. And, like, we we all meshed. Like, right at the beginning, it, there, was, there was a few minutes, I remember, uh, in the first session, where it was, like, I know I personally, I can't speak for Ethan, but I personally was, like, I've got to feel out this group. I know I've listened to the episodes. I, I think I have a feeling about how these guys play. Like, I hadn't played, or I hadn't seen Matt play at that point, but him talking for a couple minutes in character, I, I started getting a feel for how he played as a character or how he was going to play his character, and that, for me, opened it up, and that's where the roleplay started for me because I love roleplay in d and um, I'll always... Lean more towards a role play heavy campaign than a battle heavy campaign. Uh, more of a role playing over beer and pretzel type of campaign. Yeah. Um. But I'm happy. I'm happy in the middle anywhere. But just to to have that opportunity, and we have that in uh, Matters of the Gods as well, where we have those role play options, where they can go long role play. It's just super awesome.
1: Yeah. I hesitate when, because uh, it, it's easy. Because as you guys role play in my notes. I just I scroll down to where the next logical step will go, or if like you guys have like kind of veered off, I use that opportunity you guys to role play to like throw some shit. Like okay, now they're gonna do this, or maybe I push up what I had in, in the in the in the notes and everything. Um, and it the the when you guys do that, regardless, like it, it sets me up to be able to to figure out how to flow it next. But a lot of times, like, I'll get that done within a heartbeat because I'm so used to it now with, with DMing this game and understanding what you guys normally do. So I'll get it done and I'll, I'll get right where I want to go. And then I just, like, I lean back and I'm like, I just let you guys do your thing. And then I'm like, oh, my God, we've been, they've been doing this for like six or seven minutes now. And I haven't had to interject in this at all. And I'm like, it's not a good appropriate time because they're having a blast with it. You are getting some good character development, even if there is no character development. And we're either having a fucky conversation where it's just we know we're making those like like semi-private jokes that either we're going to get or like somebody who's listening in the past understood a previous joke. Like, like the boners, the, like the boners like or the something boner like that. Joke. Yeah.
3: Dude, that and, went on for so long.
1: <laughs> but I, f- I feel like we're, we're at the point with our characters, too, where it's not, in my opinion, it's not boring to listen to when you guys are debating a situation and. You guys are doing it in character there's usually some sort of there is a progressive step to the conversation it's not just filling random like dead spots right it's like there's a reason cax is bringing up something of concern and then it's sparking you know nix to shoot him down or to question it or for thrym to like calm him down like there's are these like natural story steps that really just extend a lot of it and it's not even really just our characters, it's like how we play. You're hundred percent right where um your typical one shot I I think I think if if I, if I were to do a one shot now guys it would consist I gotta get a little comfy and my wires all messed up. That messed up my sound at all? Yeah, a
0: little bit, but no. you're fine. Mm-hmm. Alright, hold on. A little distortion as you moved but nothing bad.
2: Yeah you're How'd fine now.
1: That's fine. Okay.
2: Oh no! You yeah. you were totally fine when you when you got back settled. Yeah, okay, yeah. The if the wire
1: started. moves, I think the connection into the computer's fucky with it. So that's why occasionally it'll sound really fucking weird. Or it'll give you back anyway. Um, if I were to design a one shot now, I would literally do two encounters and plan for like one thing at the beginning and in between the second uh, first and second combat thing because well, that's yeah. the only way you're getting it done. But also, I think the longer we have in between the one shot, the more you guys are gonna develop your characters. Like when he said to me, when when Ethan said to me, he's like, hey, "Okay, make your character." I already knew the archetype I wanted to do. Throwing a character together on roll twenty is easy now for the most part. Yeah. Um, but it's it's sitting there and thinking and being like, okay, here's what I'm do for that character, and then you like put it in the back of your brain, and then as time goes on, I'm just like oh yeah, no, this'll be a thing, and this'll be a thing, and it grows into, like, this thing. So then, logically, during the session, right, you want to develop it a little bit as a player, right? You want to see where it goes, you want to test your boundaries with the other characters and players, um, but that can, that can, I don't want to say bloat, but it'll extend the time of the session. Yeah, And when you multiply that by a lot of people, like, that'll just extend it. Like, Ethan... Maybe, what, has one or two encounters in his session? Um, I believe we're going to end up with three or four. And so, so yeah, like, he, he intended it to be a one-shot, and I could see realistically how he could get it done, but... Yeah, like, like, you gotta know your character, like, I don't know, calling it a one-shot is kind of, like, doing it a disservice now, because... If we do this with a group, there's probably no way we're doing one shot.
3: And yeah, I mean,
1: we just like to roleplay too much to be
3: able to call it a one shot. We spent like a minute and a half having Ethan describe a character's balls and cock.
1: Yep. And I I think part of that was we wanted to (laughs) test Ethan and just be like, okay, I'm just going to throw this at you. I want to see
3: what you do with it. And and that's kind of the fun. Like, when originally, like, as I, like, drew the sword and held it to that merchant's throat, I was like, alright, we're just gonna take these potions and leave. And then I did it, and I'm like, it is gonna be so much more fun to make this guy drop his pants.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was fun. <laughs> and yeah. then Robin ran with it, and then...
0: <laughs> so, the thing with Warren, and how I chose to play him, Heather and I spent what, that afternoon?
4: Yeah, we spent that afternoon, like, going to the mall and back, like, in the car, practicing voices.
0: I basically was just trying to pick an accent. The character himself, I designed the backstory, and, you know, it wasn't much, nothing more than a couple of paragraphs, but something that could easily be expanded into a wider story if needed, but much like I've run both of my one-shots, it's a lot of ad-libbing on my part I write down almost nothing I mean for Remedy the only thing that I wrote down was your it was a few key points from your character's tragic backstories so that I could force you to relive, relive them when you went into those rooms in the upper floor but I just wrote those, do, wrote those down as notes so that I wouldn't forget when I was ad-libbing everything else Mm-hmm. but back to your point Matt about having a character kind of fester in the back of your mind and you're like picking things that you're going to have him do and how he's going to do handle certain situations and maybe quirks that's Nyx for me we have spent so long playing these characters that Nyx is Nyx is such a complex character that is so hard to portray in the campaign Especially being that this is an audio-only story. Um, because Nyx is a generally quiet character. Especially when he's upset. You know, he gets quiet. But then I have to try to figure out how am I going to describe his actions to express his emotions. Because that's mm-hmm. how he expresses himself is in his actions or lack thereof. But all of these things come from me just trying to think like what would Nick's do okay and like in like I have li- re-listened to most of the podcast at this point point. Um, and being the editor I get to listen to every episode more than once before it goes live anyway you know I realize and I'm well aware that Nick's goes through a lot of existential crises a lot. But does, the does thing is, the <laughs> a, certain, a certain someone keeps slapping him in situations where that is his only response. He comes from a tormented background and keeps being reminded of that. Like, his his end goal is to be free from his past. To know that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder, that he can move on with his life without worrying if someone's going to come and kill him or try to control him. His ultimate goal is freedom, however that comes. Right now, he believes that's by killing Loth. And in so doing, that removes the houses and allows him to move forward. But something always happens that reminds him that he is chained. Like, he's finally gotten connections with these other characters, built friendships and whatnot, and then that whole thing where Locutus made him live a different reality and he had to kill the ghosts of his friends after Mm. it was his fault that they died or that you know it's um, survivor's guilt he was the only one that got out of the crypt so having to effectively relive that and then come back to reality where it wasn't a thing but it was a thing and now he's got to wrap his mind around that he just keeps getting kicked down so I got to try to find a way to expand the complexity of Nyx, but he keeps getting thrown into the edgelord character cause he doesn't have a chance to evolve. You know, he doesn't have the chance to grow because every and every time he gets kicked down, he gets kicked down harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the, the reminder of his past when they found Veyron and the, um, the reveal that Rylan is his mother. You know, his lifelong mentor but nothing more than that come to find out it's his mom and the sudden guilt and realization that he's a fugitive and what are they going to do to his birth mother even though she's a female he doesn't know that they won't punish her or use her to get to me right so like the one thing he's always wanted is a mother you know he's always wanted a mother someone he could look up to and rely on Suddenly he has one, and suddenly she's in terrible danger for because of his own actions. Mm -hmm. You know, up to that point, he could live on thinking, I don't have a mom. I don't need to worry about it. If I did have a mom, she either doesn't care because I was supposed to be sacrificed. So, you know, after giving birth to me, I go off to the sacrificial chamber. She doesn't find out that I lived on whatever, you know, whatever justification that Nick's had to come up with. To convince himself that he doesn't actually have a mother. And now he finds out that he does and She's been protecting him his entire life. Now he's got extreme guilt from that. So it's like. that It's just this constant. And. I don't know. I want Nyx to evolve. I want him to reach. You know. I want him to reach his goal. And be given the chance. To relax. And. Not fear for his life or the lives of those he cares for.
1: I think it's it's kind of been a consistent even even before we started recording where you guys uh became the fugitives that you are in the underdark and we right. had the whole you guys um kind of stuff we haven't really just dis- ever discussed uh in recording before but um when you guys were escaping, you uh were riding down a river that would get you away from Menzo Berenzen. Yep. Um and Windix's then... boyfriend. boyfriend <laughs> the Fine. fifth the fish man, yeah. Finn and Finn, that's right. And uh uh Rain, one of the high priestesses of House Fangrel, um, um causes, I think it was, I think it was a locust swarm or something. It was, yep. it was insects like that, yeah. and it was, it was doing massive damage. So essentially Finn said, get in the water. And that's what allowed you guys to kind of survive that portion yeah. and whisk you away. And ever since that point, really at that point was like the pursuit really began. Like they finally saw you and then it, it began. And then even when you got to the surface, you felt uneasy. Um, you guys got to um, try bore. Found out that uh, fuck. I gotta recall all these fucking names of people I made up in my brain. Flint um, and Mason and Mason and Mason. Around. Mason was in cahoots with with uh, Rain as well. Like no. they, she was using him for the Underdark's businesses above and all their dealings um and they were looking for you and then for the longest time you guys kind of got away from that you you d you know in whether you know it left it up to interpretation but uh clint led them on it in a different direction to look and that allowed you guys to kind of you know avoid the the eye of sauron at that point where it was focused somewhere else Um, and allowed the adventure to continue of you guys finding your way to the mountain. Um, Bringing Cax's backstory into it and how, excuse me, the the cube um, ended up being something that the drow are looking for as well. And that brings it right back to square one where, you know, another one of your party is now, like, in the focus of getting eviscerated by Loth herself, and uh, yeah. all because of the, the device he's been known to have acquired. Honestly, I thought it was great writing, bringing it full circle like that. Thank you. I, dude, I, I struggled with that part. Absolutely, because I, like, I was like, you, because you guys were in, you know, you guys were trying to figure out the wanted poster thing and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, you know, it's it's got to be juicy. You got to get some juice in here. So I was like, <laughs> really it wasn't it wasn't for maybe 10 sessions after Cax's backstory in my brain where I'm like I realized it would work really well for cuz obviously that relic like the like Loth and the and the probably the the matriarchs of the houses know like the pieces of the device are out there and that needs to be a priority and through one way or another through their like network on the surface they found it We're transporting it back, you know, with discretion, and then, bam! uh, Cax's band accidentally, accidentally grabs it and catches the ire of the rich people trying to make even more money off of that, who were hired by the Drow.
0: Actually, I'm sorry. The the crew's name was Searing Death. We need to be specific about that.
1: That's very true. There's lots of crews, but only one Searing Death. But yeah.
2: I always found that super interesting As playing Cax The only reason I gave Cax an object Was because he's fidgety Right? Like he's he's not smart But he's very dexterous So he wants to be doing something with his hands at all times Like if it's not drawing a bow If it's it, He's not
1: He needs a sure. shake weight
2: <laughs> Yeah he needs a <laughs> shake weight That's what we're going for That way he can work on his fucking eight <laughs> strength He needs that shake weight You know, by the time he hits level 12, he'll have nine strength. No. Um, (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) uh, He needed something to fidget with. And I... In my brain, right, when I'm writing the character, I was really big into, like, learning how to solve Rubik's Cubes again. So I was like, oh, it could be a cube, you know? And it clicks and clacks together and each individual piece spins. And it would just be a really cool thing. And then I thought about it, and I was like, well, it's something that he would have to steal from a caravan to be just this interesting item, right? Because each individual piece spins, and it's a cube, so it would have to be made that way, and it would have to be worth something. So I said he stole it from a caravan, because maybe it's like a 30-gold, like, small object. It's something worth something, because it's interesting. And I just moved on with my life and never thought about it again. And then when it came up... Because he didn't want to make eye contact with caravans, because there's still that little that little twitch in his mind that says steal from it, attack it, raid it. It's ha- there has to be something there, otherwise he'd be walking on foot. Why do they have a Why do they have a wagon? And it's just that little twitch in his brain, so he looks away from caravans. And Nick's caught that at one point, yeah. uh, seeing like the first time they went out with Cax, that Cax doesn't look at caravans because he knows that there's just. This desire in his mind to like attack a caravan because there's money there. There's money to be made. But it just threw me for a loop when it was <laughs> when that cube was actually worth something, and then he had a bounty on his head for it. I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> that is the last thing Cax wants. When But it was I, so I, cool.
1: I knew that when you guys met Veyron that I wanted that reveal. Cause cause you guys knew. That the sundering happened, right? So, Um... Heather Zitter, are you aware much about the sundering through lore drops and all that stuff? Has that really been explained to you?
4: No. As as, as, as people,
1: yeah, there's a lot. There's there's occasionally pieces of lore that I I had kind of crafted for our one shot, and to kind of set the world different from like the Forgotten Realms like, standard thing. I'm like, okay, I want to take this and essentially move it into you know, a, a separate universe that we can tinker with that won't, you know, I don't have to worry about, like, characters that are established and all that stuff, because I wanted to avoid characters that were established so I'm like, alright, I'm gonna do my own thing with a couple of the gods and and do my own thing. Um, and the, the Sundering originally was just this cataclysmic event that happened that um, to a lot of people, it it decimated a lot of the stone giant. The Cavens happened, um, and and it it was kind of wiped from the history books. A, a lot of the Drow, uh, who were against Loth, had perished as well uh, from the power. And and the Sundering was just this kind of event that happened mostly in the Underdark. And we have this area that was all desert underneath in the underdark essentially it was a part of the giant cavern that was a uh, place i think we called it the shifting sands and the whole thing was it was still had magical energy from the sundering so as the as our party was traveling through it and this was uh nick's thrym and cuddy um the the sand like rolled like waves because of the latent energy in there it just caused it to never cease so as they traveled deeper in, because they had rumors of one of the orbs uh, being in that direction, and also found a hint that um, uh, Bjorn might might have been in that direction as well, Thrym's mentor. Um, we, it, it, the the question of like how that sand got there was like a thing, and. I, I had figured that the through the, the execution of the Sundering that it just messed up stuff and, like, sand was just blinked into there. Um, and we... we there, there's... According to the map, there's actually a desert not that far from there. So I was like, okay, it's not that far-fetched that, like, misplaced sand from that desert ended up underground. Um, but anyway, so the Sundering itself... I'm just rambling off in trails of random <laughs> lore that I developed in my brain. Um, as we met with Veyron, turns out it was essentially these three orbs uh, used by Lolf to essentially eliminate a lot of her opposition in one magic spell. And she needed these three orbs, which all do a different thing, but combine together into, like, essentially like our own, like, Infinity Gauntlet kind of scenario... Uh, cause it to happen and when the power was uh spent on the spell it was so powerful that it scattered the pieces and the the cube as uh, when I was kind of developing that I'm like all right the 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 whole campaign the, the the people listening and of course the players number one needed to know like what the stakes were here hundred percent like why it's a big deal because if Lol finds that shit again, it's fucking game over for whatever she wants. Game over, man. Game over, man. And I was like, all right, like, okay, so the orbs themselves, and I hadn't really thought about how they would function, and and then that's when I was I was thinking and and thinking about that very special session after the fight with Joe Gao, and then I realized I'm like, I can incorporate that cube into it as that's the trigger device. That kind of brings it all together. So you need the three orbs and the triggering device, and that's what will allow uh, the uh, the the what the fuck do we call it? The I should have my notes up here. Realm uh, breaker. The realm breaker. Uh It allows it to activate (laughs) with whatever spell or spells um, the caster so deems it. So, so yeah, it was. It's it's interesting how your backstories and how the story develops and how something as inconsequential as a fidget cube ends up as like a, a very pivotal item in the in the story. And it's I don't know. It's gotten pretty 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 trippy for for me, kind of developing this as it goes and seeing how you guys are like responding to it and realizing that all oh, that thingy holds that clickety clacks and. And Nix had a couple, you know, run-ins with it where he would examine it and kind of see what was going on, but he couldn't quite scratch the surface because it was just out of his, like, ability to comprehend. And then for it to be discovered that that thing right there is is equally as valuable as those orbs. it's pretty uh, uh, It's pretty fun for me to kind of piece it together with you guys because it's like, I only have, like, up to like five sessions of knowledge before you guys end up getting that knowledge as I'm like piecemealing it together in a, in a breadcrumb fashion. Cause you know, we're, we're getting to the point where um, our campaign really has a lot of focus on the main story. Um, And not to say there won't be like, you know, a couple twists and turns uh, coming up as we go, but like a, a lot of it, like you guys just gained a level. Uh, with, with being gifted a decent chunk of experience from Veyron, you guys, your weapons like upgraded. Um, can't wait to play with that. So yeah, that's it. It's like, now it's like, we're going to get to, you know, I think that, you know, go into scenarios where you guys get to like showcase some new shit. Um, obviously our casters get some new spells, our, our, our fighters are becoming more potent. And it's it, it's gonna be fun. I think a lot of these fights that we'll end up encountering in the next uh, you know, group of sessions or however long, they'll they'll be a little bit more fun because not only are you guys gonna be able to do more crazy shit, but like now now we're able to get into you guys are gonna go essentially, you know, spoilers no spoilers, obviously you guys are gonna go into the heart of the demon web pits. Yeah. And so then we get to have some fun monsters make an appearance and have some fun fights. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to that. You say fun as if it's
2: not literally hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider hell. Yeah.
3: One <laughs> of the cats things, though. Like... like
2: spiders. This is a bad place for cats to be. <laughs> Especially with spiders that lay eggs the size of Thrim. This is a very bad place for <laughs> cats to be.
3: One of the things, though, like going even way back. Like the absolute worst person for Nyx, as far as existential crisis goes, to be best friends with, is Thrym. In a way, yeah. Because Thrym doesn't know what the fuck to do about it, because he can't comprehend it. Like, Bjorn got taken to a completely different plane of existence, and then he was shown he was being tortured, killed, and brought back to life, and he's just like, oh, he's having fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like... Oh, he's okay. He can survive another (laughs) couple
3: years. Yeah, like, Thurman has no idea how to help Nix other than just be like, you just gotta toughen the fuck up at this point. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. But, as far as, like, character development goes, once Cax got that necklace of average intelligence and got him to a point where he actually managed... He got to a point where Cax could actually have an existential crisis. Like, like, I don't know if... (laughs) I like being this smart because before this it was just way easier. It's like Cax might actually be the person that Nyx needs to grow farther.
0: It could be. The thing is that Nyx has always kind of viewed Cax as kind of like a child. Someone he needs to look out for. Like Grim right. has always looked out for Nyx. So Nyx kind of needed to take that inspiration and he's turned it on Cax and is, has been in his own kind of asshole way has been looking after Cax to try to make sure that at least he, at the very least he stays alive like um, one of the episodes I was actually reviewing today uh, we were in the 3d hut and Cax has that freak out moment you know he's scared out of his balls and he eats poisoned cricket and starts hallucinating and tries to run away and all that crap but then he calms down and he's just Destroyed by it, Nix tries to use press the digitation to recreate the smell of his, you know, of his shop and uh, possum kebabs in an effort to remind him of home and the idea that we will get out of this place. But then Cax is like, I never, you know, maybe never winter never was my home, which, you know, means, you know, Nix tried and failed, but he tried. So he is. He's, he's trying to take some inspiration from Thrym in helping people through their crises, but he I will doesn't be really know how to do about it.
2: I will be honest, after that session, I thought about that statement, and I was like, that really helped Cax like, develop a little more as a character and get a little bit deeper, as I wanted him to do. Like He's trying to find somewhere to settle, but maybe that's not the place for him. And then I thought about how Nyx helped him out and was like, it's okay. You're gonna make it. We're gonna. You're gonna c- go home, and I just shut Nick down entirely. I was like, no, fuck you. My moment here. <laughs> Which like, is Like, I fine. totally, I totally could have gone with that and been like, thanks, Nix. You know, like, give, like, made you feel like you did something right. But I was like, nope.
0: Cax, <laughs> no. Nope. I, <laughs> I see that works. That works for Cax, because especially at that moment, Cax didn't really have the intelligence to recognize something like that. So he's going to be. You know, self-centered in that moment. So the the fact that he essentially told Nix to fuck off is fine. You know, that's how that character works. Um, I will say, on this note, Thrim has been helping Nix. The whole thing where like, oh, you know, you just need to toughen the fuck up, does help refocus him, because when he has these crises. And he starts shutting down and starts internalizing and not being able to do things. When Thrym pulls him aside and basically says, Listen, you fucking soldier, get on your feet and do your job. It reminds Nyx that he does have an end goal. That, yeah, you know, wallowing in my own self-pity is maybe not what I need to be doing right now. But it's a double-edged sword because while, yeah, he needs that reminder to get on his feet and get the job done... He's internalizing this, and he's internalizing every single crisis he's been thrown. DM. <laughs> when all is said and done, there is no guarantee on what next will do when we reach our endpoint. Does that mean the
2: Cax is gonna die and not make it to Waterdeep? God damn it.
1: That's funny. You, you talking about the the Afridi hut? That was that was fun because I I had a couple different options that I would considered for that moment. I'm like, all right, I want this to be a, like a, a little bit of a, a mini skill challenge that could evolve into a fight, right? And that possibility was there. And then everyone so else rolled really up, good, maybe. except for Cax. And yeah, then the I'm and then the effects started kicking in, and I'm like, alright, if, if he if he if there's no way he gets out of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna essentially message him and say, Choose a person to strike at. Like that's just what, where you're at. you you feel cornered and fight or flight's kicking in hardcore here. And then and then the effect was he calmed down and everything was good. I'm like, alright, here's the direction we're rolling in, but but secretly I was just like oh man it would have been kind of cool to see him go ape shit and everyone's like Oh like freaking out trying not oh, do- to offend the Freedy who invited you into his home and then all of a sudden one of you guys goes batshit
2: fight or flight and the boarding window is now closed
1: <laughs> like <laughs> you've been left at the gate bud yeah, that was that was my first thing. I, I knew um when you guys got to the I figured regardless, even if it was a shorter session, you guys getting to the uh, city of brass was a good cutoff point. And I'm like, okay, this is enough planning for this session. And I remember Um planning out like the first Afridi you'd run into, right? And I'm just like, alright, he's gonna be, you know, based off of the city of brass is essentially inspired by the Forgotten Realms has the setting for that, so I, I drew the main inspiration off of that. And of course, it's almost like a, a Middle Eastern bazaar, right? Of just the the the, the stalls and the, and all the different vendors and everything. It just amplified by a hundred. And I was, but that was like, all right, what you know? Do I want to stick with the typical, like, hello, I am the, the fritti, hello, welcome to my tent? I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So I had to like morph it a little bit, and then combined with the fact that I remember I had him go into a lamp because that's essentially where like he slept and then Robin was like wait a minute he's not a genie I'm like yeah he's an Efreeti they could do that they could do that I swear I looked it up
0: yeah see I got a little confused when you <laughs> when you threw that at me Um, my, my knowledge of D&D and it's lore is decent but I don't know everything so when you threw that at me I'm like wait genies do that the only thing that I am aware of that is akin to a genie is a genasi who is a half genie mm-hmm. that's why I asked that question but yeah. completely blanking on the fact that genasi can't do that
4: mm-hmm. because they're
0: more humanoid than anything they're basically super powered humans because they have genie blood but yeah I was completely ignorant to what Ifridi are and what they can do so when you threw that at me I was like what the You're fuck like, what? are we dealing with here <laughs> Well, aren't genasi
2: like potent like they're they're basically humanoid like they're more human elementals. Like they have the ability to be like human elementals, more human uh, than elementals, Effectively.
0: Elemental, but... eff- effectively, yeah. I mean, according to the player's handbook, um as far as much as I read about them, which wasn't a lot, is that they're they are effectively half-breed uh genies, but they associate or whatever word you want to use, um, with a particular prime element. Yeah, you know, like earth, I, air, fire, water, and they yeah. gain certain benefits and drawbacks according to their element.
2: Like I've I've seen a couple campaigns where uh, there's like water genasi, um, which is fucking cool. I think having a water genasi er, genasi in our party going into the City of Brass would have been real bad, though. You know, dying before you got to the City of Brass and all. Yeah. With it being literal hell. Well, I guess not literal hell. We're going into literal hell.
3: Sorry. I I had to pull out my monster manual because... Afridis are genies. They're genies from the Elemental Plane of Fire. So they're just elementally specific genies to yeah.
1: that plane, I think. Yeah,
3: and they—they're they're yeah. like, like these are way nicer than the regular Afridis, according to the monster manuals, because they're like slavers and they're, yeah, they're really fucked up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was the thing I kind of altered was, uh, yeah, monster manual Afridi are a lawful evil. Yep. And I was like, okay, if if they're going into a city, because because even right around that point, I was like alright, this is a I I didn't really pay attention to it normally saying lawful evil, I'm like they need a place to stay, I'm not gonna throw it completely like, he opens a door and it's just like, Hulk smash! Like, that's kinda garbage to you guys, after, you know, you traveled uh, across uh, an ocean of lava on a fucking giant lava snake and shit like that. In, um, not on, in. On, in, that's right, in its mouth. And uh, I was like, all right, this this, this city is going to be a trade city when I was developing that. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to be totally evil. Like, obviously, they're just going to have the cornucopia of different attitudes. And as you saw, like, you know, there were times with the whole, like, Sonus thing that they weren't able to do anything because their society is so based on the bureaucracy and the red tape of everything that they couldn't just go gangbusters through a neighborhood trying to find Sonus, even though Sonus was you know, like killing people and injuring people and, and grifting people out of money and, and the curses and stuff like that. Um so so it it became like this interesting kind of neutral ground in a very hostile realm. I just kinda like the Afridi that was hanging out with Cax on the rooftop,
3: like, oh yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> You go get her. You go get her, buddy. You can do
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, the fucking roof. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about this, though. Sonus is having the time of her life, not getting caught, just fucking up the entire bazaar in the fire realm. And all it took was selling a bag of rats to a kobold.
1: Like, <laughs> a very vengeful thing. We, we, <laughs> we talk about this as one of those sessions where when the, you know, like like, I legit... Invented, I was like, all right, these guys have money. And I think every DM who runs a campaign comes across a scenario where uh, cursed items come into play. Whether or not it's a big effect, you know, that will last many sessions, or it'll just be a quick, like, oh, fuck, I need to now go spend money on a cleric who can, like, cure this curse for whatever, whatever thing. And I was like, all right, so I developed a group of magical items, and you guys weren't supposed to find out till you left the plane. Oh, these things are cursed. They do fucky things, and I—I I, I had a whole—I'll I'll try to find them in a, in a few minutes. All of the list of items that I created, and and one of the items, uh, would have allowed, um, I, I specifically tailored it for Nyx to be able to cast a spell from an item similar to your absorber. Thing that you have on uh, Shadowfell now, uh, but the thing is, when you went to go cast it, it um, it didn't go off right away. But you committed your action, so you went to cast a spell, but something was holding it up, and then it didn't trigger until your next turn. Like a delayed fireball, a delayed yeah, a delayed fireball with no benefits. So it would it would have messed over
0: action. Can you economy imagine for that. like trying to throw a lightning bolt? A straight line spell, <laughs> and it goes off the following turn after the enemies it's aimed at have already moved. Yep. Like,
1: what oh, he thought about it, and I was like, "All right, bag of holdings are always fun." So of course, I'll have a bag of holding that spews out rats. And I was like, "That that was my favorite part." And I was just like, "All right, I'm I'm giddy." Like you, like he at least has that item, and, and you guys had talked about maybe going back to see, like potentially peruse those items again. I think was one of the original plans before you went uh to find items to present to uh the uh the 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 grand, grand sultan. sultan and that's of course when the, the session went off the rails was the vendetta that Cax now had against oh, Sonus yeah.
0: Like it's still in my mind as one of the greatest off the book episodes we've ever done. <laughs> I mean, so that, you and I talked after that episode, and you were like, "Yep, I wrote none of this. I wrote none I of it." The intro, up I was like a bag of rats, and after that, I was just no control.
1: That, for me personally, was like a, r- a weird, like litmus test to see, like how how okay of a DM am I to be able to like create shit on the fly? Because of course, when we usually, like you guys know, like when I make a map. I'll I'll put a lot of attention to detail in it. I try to put little cool things. I make sure there's a little bit of cover. Now and again, I try to make I try to make them dynamic as the best I can. And some some scenarios I'm like, "All right, no, this is a straightforward fight. Here's a room, here's a couple decorations. Fucking go at it." And then I also will will work on cuz if I had time, if I knew you guys were fighting Sonus, I would have had a proper like list of abilities and some special cool things because I I use the monster manual as like the base and I always tweak it I I usually never use a character straight out of there because a lot of times you do need to edit it to adjust for your party size so like cool I have a cool monster here but according to this he's only a challenge rating 1 but I want to use this monster so I bump the stats up I give him an extra ability or two and have some fun with that and I had and no time to plan comes in with any a giant of that. Camera
0: and just fucks it up.
1: Yep. So this is like, I was like, for so wh- while that session was going on, and you know, you guys splitting up to do that helped me out a lot inadvertently because what because I was able to jump from scene to scene, that gave me the opportunity to like keep the wheels turning in my head about all right, what's the next thing that's going to pop up. So I'm like, all right, there's going to be a little bit of a challenge for. Uh, a chase, if you will, of gathering information to find out, seeing if you can you can find that, and there were the clues are out there. You guys rolled really high. Yeah, we did on that. Yeah, we, I don't think we failed a single perception check. I don't on think that. so. Yeah, you guys rolled super high on that, and and that's the thing too is like when when I when I write out a session, and I know a a, a certain roll needs to come up, like hey, in order to figure this out, they need to do X, Y, or Z in my brain, and I'll usually write it, I'm like, alright, the the dice check is, will be at a very minimum, it'll be a 15, and if they get higher than, like, a 20, there'll be additional information that will lead them on that, so usually those things are planned out, but to have to do that on the fly, I'm just like, fuck! Freaking out, trying to, like, figure all that out, but...
0: I feel like the whole thing, even though it was effectively ad-libbed, the whole thing, I feel like the whole thing was done really well. You You know, even with, like, the the, the final description after we all found and cornered her and ended up killing her, your description of the building worked pretty well. You know, a basic two-story home with a, a whole bunch in it. And, like, after... You know, letting the storm sphere pass, and you're like, you notice that the air dissipates a little bit faster because you've blown a fucking hole out of the roof of the building, <laughs> and you can see the afridi starting to float down in through the hole, inquiring what the hell's going on. All this crap. Even though none of it was planned or scripted, sorry, all Matters of the Gods episodes are scripted. <laughs> Even the matters at hand are. I've got the, I've got my script. Yeah, we got the script all
1: right here. here. Yeah, I had to study by it way, all day. You should be on page three by now three
0: um, i'm on four john's on page three he's got fewer lines can't you tell
3: oh okay, yeah gotcha. I, I was gonna say i'm on page three like i'm pretty sure that's where i'm supposed to be
0: pretty much most of his pages read wait for your turn you <laughs> got wait, it. wait for this phrase as a cue and that's pretty much the entirety of his pages anyway since none of it was written but it was scripted i feel like it came out pretty nice
3: I think so too. Yeah, you, no, you guys like
0: came together pretty
1: well.
3: Oh, dude, that's one of my f- the favorite games we've had, at least for me. Oh yeah.
1: So so the time has passed, and and what better way to describe what I wanted to originally happen than than doing this here? So originally, without the vendetta, you guys were gonna go shopping, right? To to the, originally, I think the plan was to gussy up the egg, right? To take the yeah. mantis egg. And to, like, essentially find ways to, to make it pop and essentially make it look like a Fabergé egg, which would be a, a great gift. So originally, uh, if that went according to plan, he did have a servant, right? The, the, the Grand Sultan had a servant who came over and he would have taken the egg and brought it over to the Grand Sultan. And I originally had it scripted where when he got to the Grand Sultan, he was going to trip. And the egg was gonna splatter all over the Grand Sultan, and it was gonna be this amazingly tense moment of like everyone is shocked. And the plan—the plan was for the Grand Sultan to just lose his shit and find it hilarious. And to, to-, to- the value of that would have been the whole scenario and how comic it turned out. Do you know how mad Thrim would have been about that? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel that, like if the, if the sultan didn't kill the servant, Thrym would have.
1: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> how <laughs> Thrym would have been. But, yeah, because I was like... I, I did kind of push, because I think Veyron even suggested it, saying the egg was, like, your best option to move that forward. And oh, yeah. if you guys would have fought it on it, I, we would have come up with something else. And, and I think if you guys would have chosen something purchased at the bazaar... It would have become like a basic role is he impressed with it if not you know well we'll move in a different direction but um what if he wasn't if like, he wasn't if we
0: failed what if we failed to make the fabergé egg what if we bought something in the bazaar and then we failed our our you know persuasion checks mm-hmm. is that campaign, campaign over, over? No, over, yeah, no, I what? didn't. Originally, I didn't plan it as a campaign. He, he, over,
1: he fucking murdered. He murdered that fucking guy. Yes, that
2: was the first bet Cax ever won. Too was <laughs> that bet.
1: <laughs> and then I took more of Keys' money. Oh my god! <laughs> if if you guys would have failed that, um, everybody but Veyron would have been put in a cell. And he, the 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 thing about you guys is, you guys essentially, the plan he would have wanted was you guys would have been like this interesting menagerie of we become uh, pets, become pets essentially, because you guys are very unique to the elemental plane of fire. Like, there's people out in the streets that are trading from different, like obviously that that whole planet, right? Which we can go into in a little bit if you want, but to to, to stick with this, is that you know to get into the Grand Sultan's chambers and for him to look you over and be like, oh wow, we got a big guy, we got a dark-skinned elf, we got that chipper little guy over there, and this big dude decked up in armor. This is really interesting. I want to keep these guys. If if it would have if would have failed, or crit failed, or whatever. And then um, through the conversation with Veyron and some sweet talking from you guys, would have gotten you out of it at a later date.
3: Th- Thrim would have a new character.
1: Trim would have a new character.
3: <laughs> he 100 yeah. percent would.
1: Yeah, 100. percent Yeah, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't Thrim. go quietly
3: into a Thrim, cell. Trim would be dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Trim would. Have, I can totally see Trim to like fighting that to the teeth. Even if he managed, even if they managed to get him in the cell, I know full well he's doing everything he can to break out of that cell.
3: Yeah. And just getting killed in the process. Yep. <laughs> he's not going back into slavery. It's not happening. Well, that's no.
1: why I was. I was like. That's why Veyron's going to be on the outside to kind of be like essentially tell you guys be like just play along with it for now we'll figure out the details in a little bit and just essentially buy time to like process it
0: yeah but, but... we killed public oh yeah right. Dude.
1: <laughs> as soon as that happened right as, as soon as you guys did that as that was happening one of the other minor gears in the back of my brain was like if they end up killing this thing before it escapes then holy shit, the the because I I wasn't sure what the fuck it was gonna drop for proof. I mean, essentially it's a it's a form of wind with clothing, right? And that's when I was I was like, okay, when it dies, like it drops its core, like that's essentially like its heart that keeps it together, right? And I was like, all right, if they, you know, if they kill it, Sonus drops the core, and what better fucking gift to present to him than hey, this thing's been costing you money. And he's just like, ah!
0: The most important
1: thing to them is money, so why Uh-huh, not? yeah. But it, it ended up working out, in, in my opinion, really well. You guys really seemed to enjoy all the different activities. I feel like it worked on a lot of s- s- strong suits, right? Where, like, Cax went to the rooftops to scout. Like, we all had the ideas of what our characters would do. Uh, Key stuck with Veyron, and, and it turns out we ended up having one of the better like intersession jokes with the furniture being a thing (laughs) every single time it comes up, like stemming from that. And then you guys just doing your best to investigate and try to get to the bottom of something. Like everyone kind of like did their own thing. So we had a little bit of like goofiness. We had a good chunk of seriousness. We had the, the vendetta that unfortunately for, for Cax, he couldn't commit to like he got there just after it happened but uh yeah. but
2: <laughs>
1: uh, it but turns
2: out falling off of the building kind of hurts a lot that
1: that kind of messes with yeah your with your momentum for sure yeah, it, it
3: throws <laughs> off the whole flow of your day falling six stories uh, <laughs> Xander I actually have, have like a weird question mm-hmm. where is Thrim in Cax's journal as far as good and bad because, yeah, he's kicked him down event vent at the same time when Cax was like, let's go kill an air elemental. Therim was like, nobody fucks with Cax. <laughs> like, and you asked him, so, like, if you find any, any possums, just grab them. So he went and found possums. Like, <laughs> So, um,
2: actually, uh, at the moment, everyone's in pretty good standing with Cax. <laughs> um, since, since Cax got smart, basically is what we'll say. Um, that journal has not been kept uh, purely because Cax it just doesn't really care anymore. He he's got other things that he's doing and working <laughs> on and trying to figure out for himself. Um, but uh, Thrym's always been in a decent standing with with Cax. But his his competition is Nyx, who he really likes Nix because Nix has looked out for him. Um, and then Key, who Cax doesn't like Key like at all, but he understands like he needs him there basically, um, because he's big and strong. And if if uh, if he tries to fight Key, he's probably gonna die. It's his thought process, um, unless he gets the jump on Key. But no, Thrum Thrum's always been in decent standing, but not like not number one in the book for most liked. But no, the, in in Cax in Cax's mind, like he was gonna chase down the fucking air elemental himself if he had to, even if it meant going through the entire city of Brass to find that fucking air elemental. He was gonna do it. Like, does not like being crossed in the least, uh, which was clear by the fact that he lost five hundred gold or what was it, three hundred gold.
0: I in... forget the value.
2: Yeah, it was like three or five hundred gold for this fucking bag. And he was willing to spend weeks hunting down this fucking air elemental for three hundred gold, even though I was sitting on like two thousand gold at the time. It's not about the money. It's about being tricked. He doesn't like being tricked and <laughs> at all. So he was going to hunt that fuck down.
3: And it worked out. <laughs> it worked out really well. We found him. So. I mean, it costed you a hell of a lot more than that. When you fell off that roof, you threw a piece of platinum behind you.
2: He, uh, platinum's platinum's 10 to 1. So 10 gold to 1 platinum. So, yeah, oh yeah, lost, that's right. I lost 10 gold. But I also caused probably like yeah. 20 gold worth of damages. True. I tossed 10 gold and I ran away.
3: Like, here you go! Still, like, no. You're just like, don't care, here you go! Yeah. So, I mean...
2: It was What was it? It was it was crates of of grain or something that he fell onto. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to hurt, but you can salvage a lot of that grain, I'm sure. It's not
0: yeah, clean. It's, it's not. A broom. Yeah, there you go. Problem solved. So, Heather's been awfully quiet. Have you any questions, comments, concerns?
4: Well, I haven't gotten that far. Like I said, I met Rox, who is very interesting. And the one thing I was honestly curious about is um what made you guys decide to just name yourself Kevin and then come up with a bunch of random names and just completely fuck with Rex? Like I'm honestly was curious about the mindset of that one.
2: Uh Hax went with Kevin because he didn't <laughs> want uh to use his real name at all. Uh with a with another kobold. I don't know why. Like, I went with that, but I kind of stuck with that as as Cax's thing, is if people were giving false names, I also gave false names. And I was forced to choose whether or not I was giving a real name or a false name in that moment. So I gave a false name, because that's what what Cax would do in that instance, is I don't know if we're using real name or fake name, so I'm going fake name, and I'll go with a fake name uh, until we trust this person. Because uh, that's that's Cax's mindset. Is I, I know that my that like he you're he knew to some extent that he's wanted, um, or at least he's M I A in his gang, and he doesn't want to go back to his gang because he. Yeah, but you're fail. in the fire
4: plane. Isn't that like a complete other world, though? I don't think kind of? at, I don't think it's. So the like, time no one Cax would think was, to look at you, look for you I, there rather. Yeah, I
2: don't think at the time Cax really knew the difference between planes though. Like, Uh, (laughs) there was was a long period where he thought he was still inside the volcano, and the volcano was just really big. (laughs) (laughs) That is is Cax's logic, 100%. Yeah, he's like, man, the inside of this volcano is pretty big. It was kind of weird that we went through a portal to get here, but, like, I mean, it's pretty big. So, I'm not going to do Cax's voice. My throat's a little too shot for that at this point. But, like, no, Cax didn't think anything of, of it in, in giving a false name he's he's used to that kind of thing as well like it's quick easy and it was a two syllable name so it's well within his reach
4: I was just curious cause like I didn't know if that stemmed from earlier and I think the last episode where he was Pharon and that's where the fake name thing came up oh about. that
1: was the best
4: that was funny.
1: <laughs> Dude, Key hated being mistaken for Veyron. I, I think it was it was an interesting like How shift did that work. even
4: happen? Uh like... he was
1: he went up to the Afridi's door um to
2: introduce the group as having Lord Veyron in it. And
1: the Afridi thought that Key was Veyron. hmm Oh, okay. And yeah. I, I think that was an important step for, for you guys and, and people listening to um, get to know Veyron a little bit more. Where, you know, essentially, okay, sure, this guy, you know, of course, you know, following Nyx's uh, point of view in the whole thing, this guy claims he's Veyron, but he's, he's not that much more powerful than, you know, somebody who can wield pretty decent magic. At the time, because of how, like, weak he's become. And I'm like, alright, I need to kind of develop a little bit more about his personality. So I figured, and, and I, I thought it would be... Well, I know you guys
4: a, had some distrust with Veyron, too, where you didn't yeah. think he was actually who he said he was.
1: Yeah. So that's I, why I, you guys were
4: kind of cautious, I guess.
1: Absolutely. And I, I wanted there to be this moment of, like, levity where, like... Veyron isn't vain, right? Like, he he can be in a lot of circumstances very humble.
4: Well, I believe I any God can be vain
1: yeah, yeah yeah that's almost like the standard right It's like oh this you know gods are fucking is essentially like what what Lacutus is very very cocky I know fucking everything whatever mortal get the fuck out of my face but yeah. but Veyron you know because of his experiences and and his matter of like viewpoint on slavery and stuff like that, he he doesn't want these guys to if he, he 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 needs them to get out and he needs to show the 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 human quote unquote side of him too. So for him to roll with the idea that 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 key is Veyron and to kind of joke about it, like added added that that kind of fun comic relief to the whole thing, uh while kind of showing that like Veyron doesn't take himself all that seriously, and he's willing to like, you know, have a laugh and and be one of the common rabble, you know, as 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 this delicate mission of escaping the plane is is happening. And I thought that was that was a fun fun moment, especially yeah, the fact that Key was like wanted nothing to do with it because he he felt it was almost like a like a blasphemy he was committing with that. And Veyron was like, no no no, you're you're Veyron, get the fuck out of here.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: So I found uh, the list if you guys are interested because we are, we are well be, be beyond that
3: point. Yeah. I want to know. Cause I'm pretty sure tax still has two of those rings.
0: I'm pretty sure I'm still sitting on a potion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know
2: if you want to share those cause, cause we are <laughs> sitting on them.
0: So yeah, I mean, we can easily play the characters as ignorant.
2: Yeah. Not, I think that's well bad. within our abilities. <laughs> Well, I think I mean, will yeah, probably like, forget. Ignorance anyways, is bliss.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to well, lie. Well, actually, I'll the, those forget. those items are are interesting. The ones you guys have on you, those, uh, uh especially because you got those uh, those items from the bag, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those items I have on a separate list. Ooh. Then this. yeah, tell us about the other. Yeah. Ones. The, these were the ones that Sonus had for sale. Um, and I will I will omit the the potion. Uh, for, for Robin slash Nyx's sake. But the Ring of Slight Delay was the one I kind of wanted Nyx to purchase. Uh, at the end of each long rest, you can choose one spell that you know and cast at the po- possible lo- lowest possible level without expending a spell slot. But the curse is that it, the spell will be delayed. Um, originally, it says if they choose a level one spell then the spell they cast will be delayed 1d4 turn. But I was oh. like, okay, that's 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 rough. I was like, okay, it'll delay it one turn and call it a day there. Because that's fucking having to hold your spell for like three turns, literally, um, I feel like would make a, a character just like re and not have fun. So so is that? That's a hell of a fucking curse. That's an awful curse. I wanted Thrym to pick up The Ring of Strength. Or, 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 uh, or Key. So, it was a a simple black metal band. The Curse, I had to tweak with it, because yet again, I found a list of Curses, but they were way too powerful. So I had to, like, tweak them a bit. So the Ring of Strength would have given you plus two strength, but a negative 20 to health. You would have lost 20 hit points. Like I would and maxed and just max out. and but and then unfortunately for anyone who have it the ring the the items you could equip like the uh the ring of slight delay and then the 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 ring of strength you wouldn't have been able to take that off right being cursed until, until like yeah curse so that would have been you know. rough having your frontline fighter minus 20 to its total hit points at that point would have Ooh. been, like, what, like a quarter of your health? Just gone? Yeah. Oh, that's yep. a third of my health still. And then that's finally, mine. <laughs> the, one, the one I will divulge is the, uh, uh, actually, it was a possessed item called the Possessed Hatchet. Ooh. Um, It gave a plus two to attack and damage rolls, but it was, it was a hand axe, so it wasn't crazy, but it was a nice ranged weapon. So I figured either Key being a paladin and not having a lot of range options or Thrym would have been interested in that. Uh, but if you rolled a 1 or a 2 on your attack roll, a whisper would have swamped into your brain and you would have been you would have had to do an extra melee attack roll against a friendly creature within reach.
2: Oh dude, I would have loved having that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so the, the ring so awesome. the ring Thrim really wanted was the spell ring oh it my god honestly wouldn't have been bad for him cause 90% of the time his spells are right up close and personal anyway mm-hmm. so yeah it would have sucked but then it would have did it take your action the next turn to use it
1: let me see
2: well, all of your spells are bonus actions, aren't they? Like, green no. flame blade's a bonus. Uh,
3: that's that's a cantrip.
2: Oh, okay, fair play, fair
0: yeah, play. Yeah, but is it a bonus or is it an action? Because even cantrips require either bonus uh, action well, or a bonus action.
3: As an Eldritch Knight, I can cast a cantrip as an action and still get an, a melee attack. So it gives me my extra sure, it attack. as one of your extra attacks. Right, and yeah. like green flame blade is a melee weapon attack. Like, you cast it on your weapon. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Like a smite, it, almost. Yeah. yeah. Except you still have to uh, roll to hit. Or it's before yep. you rolled to hit. Where a smite's I, like, oh, I
1: hit, so now I'm going to smite. I think originally I, I had intended it to... Um, it would delay the spell, so it wouldn't go off at the end of your turn. But when your turn came back again, you'd realize it's taking longer than normal. And you could either commit to it, which would take your action... Or stop trying to channel the spell, but you'd lose the spell slot to Dude, be able to do something that. else. So a caster oh, yeah, would no. have gotten fucked by that hardcore. Yeah, fuck I, I, I wouldn't like that either. You, I was like, me if they it... get that, yeah, Fucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so so you guys said had because I I contact because I made that list a while ago when you guys originally were going into that area, and it just never came up with the session and then you guys got involved in the um, the the fetch quest to go find out what happened to the shipment in the uh, the wherever the hell you guys went um yeah. so so afterwards water you know waterworld water world. that was a that was a fun one to come up with too so i was like i don't know what the fuck i want to do with this but i'm like what what would these people want from you guys right like obviously you guys fucking 10 grand again you guys run into these scenarios where like shit you need to like progress just costs an obscene amount of money and the 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 two things you know you got bartering or paying the money for it or doing something that you could earn the money for it and it makes sense that you guys would just do a task that way you save your money for for future things um and I was like, well what 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 do the Afridi need from outside of the plane of fire? I'm like these guys can fly. You know, they they have like the wisps on the bottom like genies do. They don't have the legs um unless they want to project them. So they can fucking fly wherever the hell they want. What the hell would they need from there? I'm like well they're fire creatures. They wouldn't like water very much. I'm like underwater. We haven't done that before. <laughs> that was kind of like that was the the beginning of like all right like let's let's make a little short adventure into this deep dark ocean filled with terrifying like nautical monsters I missed did, did
0: we did we have a chance against the uh, uh, ship sized hermit
1: crab squid.
0: Did we have I, a chance? I
1: I didn't make stats for it, so no. But I think with it, with enough probing with the monster, you would have found like the uh the eye stalks would have been a weak spot and um somehow getting into the ship to attack it from within would have been very effective too because all of its armor is on the outside like a like a hermit crab. It's got like its soft bits like wrapped up on the inside of the ship to use as, like, as like shelter. So if, if combat went in that direction, I, I wouldn't have hesitated at all. Like, I was like, alright, there's a 50-50 chance you guys are gonna get aggressive with this or uh, follow the directions of the guy uh, down below. And of course, I was like, I, I, I knew there was, like, a chance I'm like, they're, they're maybe not gonna trust this guy. And I'd, lo and behold, like, Nyx was just like, the fuck is this fuck off we're trying to fight a giant hermit crab go away
3: (laughs) Thrym attacked him yeah we all did Thrim cast Toll the Dead on him
0: I uh pretty sure I did a sacred flame sacred flame against one of the tentacles to try to free Key Mm -hmm. or Cax because one of them had gotten grappled and I was like alright let's (laughs) parry this you fucking casual (laughs) <laughs> with a cantrip. <laughs> Dude,
3: I had, uh, I forget what the spell's name is, but like it's a roll to attack, and I rolled a 19 and ended up with like a 22 or a 23. And you're like, yeah, that's a miss. Mm-hmm. I was like, you gotta like, be it, fucking it, kidding it, me. It hit <laughs> it,
1: but it ain't penetrating anywhere within that monster's body at all.
0: Yeah, because your armor is fucking insane. No, I yeah. remember that. I, I forget. I, yeah, like you said, I forget what you used, but you rolled like stupid high on your attack roll, and he's just like, oh, you missed. And we're like, a 23 misses?
1: That's what you do. Know, fucking, when you're playing nah, 5th fuck edition this, we're out. and a 20-something misses, you're like, Yikes.
2: We need to go. We need to go do some side quests really quick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so stay there for a minute. We'll be back yep. in like five seconds. Okay. I gotta go kill yeah, like we'll ten
0: thousand rats. <laughs> one XP each.
1: I that was cool too because I I had to develop. I wanted you know I wanted there to be descriptions of like the the environment right and the it, it probably would have never gone in that direction. But I essentially had to cre- create my brain and lore ready to go for uh the. Like people that lived on that water world and the, the trade agreement that they had with the Ifridi and the City of Brass. And it, we we never went in that direction, but I, I had a little bit ready in how they would be pretty alien-like and kind of give you a glimpse of, like, I, I think you guys had figured out that you weren't on Faerun anymore. You You know, you weren't in a different elemental plane. You essentially were on a different planet, was, like, the sense I tried to, like, really, like, push yeah, into that. that. And so like if for some weird reason you guys, you know, decided to fucking go back up and like fuck off with that and do whatever, like it would it would have been interesting to see like the the culture of, you know, if you ran into one one of the race that lives on that planet. But it's it's the kind of like pondering game, right? Where like I'll develop like a little like I'll it'll be like two or three sentences max and either that two or three sentences is gonna turn into like five written pages of like you guys want pardon me wanting to know more or it's just gonna stay you know a couple sentences that are just part of like the background lore and it's it's kind of cool to see what
3: fleshes out to that and what kind of just shrinks off to the side as like a detail. Now we we just say fuck the entire campaign. Like Lolf can't get us here.
1: But yeah, right. She has no fucking. <laughs> has no idea where the fuck that is. <laughs> All
0: right. Given that, I believe it's time to take
1: our break. We will be right back. I, I am. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say I'm grateful we're not playing tonight. Because because as we're as we're doing this on my other screen, I'm like. As I as I talk with you guys and it, like like normal, as I'm going throughout my week, I'm like thinking of like the scenarios that are going to be up in the next session, and I realized that the monsters that I had for one of the first fights wasn't cutting it. So I found something even more appropriate and cool for it. So I've pretty much already migrated it into uh, roll twenty, and I just need to roll. I just need to do stats for it later. But I got like the token already, and I got the names and everything, and I already have an idea like the abilities.
5: Don't throw cheese at me.
1: I think this will be this will be cool. So in in a weird way, I think this will make our next session a little bit more punchy.
2: (laughs) Can we discuss something briefly? Yeah, I want to get your guys' take on it too. Ethan's DMing and in like monster and map management of his of his combat phases. You guys you guys think that's
1: balanced? <laughs> you think it's you think I it's skewed. I, I think every every single DM in the history of DMing is never prepared for their first fight, right? Where a lot of times, and it still happens now, where I'm like, alright, here's my encounter, and then the first fucking damage that hits it like knocks it down by more than half its health. And I'm like fuck. So there there can in a lot of circumstances, not every time. I think a lot sometimes keeping it stable is good, but sometimes you do need to tweak shit in the middle of the fight to make it a little bit more either dramatic or to make more sense. Oh I've, uh, I've for a... whatever is going. So I, I think he had to do a lot of tweaking as the fights Went on to accommodate like the damage we were doing.
2: Well, I a lot I, of a, shit. I am guilty a hundred percent of boosting an enemy's health. Oh yeah, mid fight before yeah. I've done that or I did that uh a, I think two times in this session that I DM'd with my buddies. Um, after that though, I religiously would go into their character sheets, look at all of their fucking skills, all of their spells, all of their attacks. And then I would start thinking, okay, so if they face, if the fucking fighter faces off with somebody, he's gonna get within melee range, because first of all, he's a new player, he's not gonna think about doing damage as he's approaching, right? Throw a dagger as you're 30 feet out, you know, whatever. Um, he's gonna think, bolt straight in, get up in their face. Um... So I started thinking about that. Okay, so this is first damage, this is first round total damage if everything hits, if it doesn't hit, you know, things like that. And then I think after after my third session, I only had to tweak one health, and that was because I overtuned a monster. Um, but, like, I just felt, like, both of our combats... In Ethan's one shot, I was like, I am genuinely afraid we're going to lose someone
1: here. Oh, yeah. And I almost think that's part of his design, too. I
4: honestly think that was his design. Uh, he was trying to get, wipe us out real fast.
3: At the same time, because I talked to him afterwards, like after you guys left, and said some of the things, he was way nicer than I would have been.
5: <laughs> yeah,
2: because... <laughs> like take me as a DM, I, I, I have you pinned as a DM that's like... I'm a fuck. It, I'm gonna fuck you up oh no you what, don't if you it, don't live, that's on you
3: I mean it's, <laughs> in some ways yes, but like so when uh Warren dimension doored and went down with that lance, yeah, I would have let you hit I would have let you do all the damage on top of that, but I said it in the podcast, I would have had you hanging on your lance and you were gonna take fall damage cause you landed on a f- fucking giant. If you let it go, or you were going to have to be stuck dangling there.
0: I was fully prepared to take fall damage in doing that. Yeah. When I made made that choice, it was a calculated risk. I will take some fall damage, but I'm going to quadruple the damage I can do with this lance. However, Warren would have let go of the lance because it is his... um,
2: so like a bound weapon
0: the lesson the, the he yeah he's he's packed of the packed of the blade that is his bound weapon
2: he's a so warlock he,
0: too yeah
2: Fuck yeah
0: Yeah. he's packed <laughs> of the blade warlock so he could have he would have let go of the weapon and just use his action on the next turn to call the blade back to his hand
2: that's so cool we got two warlocks there's,
0: there's no there's no need to retrieve it as a warlock because i can just it yeah. takes an action but i can just call it back
3: mm-hmm. It just is. Um, I just
2: went with a. With so a, I
0: was fully
3: prepared for that. And uh, well, another thing, like I talked to him. So at the start of Smoke's turn, when he went unconscious, he was supposed to make a strength save. He couldn't make that save. If he failed that save, he was supposed to take damage. Meaning, he didn't have a chance to make a death save.
0: Right, he would have died.
3: And that's, like, I tried to say something about that, and Ethan's like, you're unconscious, just let it go. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, but, like, well,
1: I, th- I think maybe he's not intentionally try- trying to kill us, but to, like, make it stressful by knocking us out of the
3: fight Yeah, and is... I wouldn't have allowed Dimension Door to work, either. Good yeah. idea, but I was-, I was captured by a root. Not
0: at that moment. When I came to retrieve Smoke's body, the blight had been killed. The tree blight had been killed and had released you. You'd been dropped
3: ground. Yep. Was that the that was that the yeah. case? That was uh, that, that was okay. That Never things, mind
0: then. Which is, and um Dimension Door requires a willing creature. Uh you are neither willing nor unwilling. You're unwilling, unwilling the so
3: body. Yeah.
0: You're neither willing nor unwilling because you're just a body. At that point I am picking you up and just poofing you out.
3: No, yeah, I thought I thought I was still wrapped up.
0: Um, No, no. Had you been still wrapped up uh, as a DM with a character trying to pull that stuff, if you had still been wrapped up, I would have asked for, like, dexterity checks or something to get around the roots to make sure that I've got a firm hold on you before I can Dimension Door. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting playing a caster who's extremely limited on his casting. Mm Mm-hmm. Warlocks are um interesting, but yeah, no, he's he's a warlock. He just he's not aware that he's a warlock. Mm. that's that's the thing that I, I I have hardly touched on, but that little voice in his head that said that the parents were a threat mm-hmm. is his patron deity
2: are you using great old one you what are you using?
0: I forget what I bound him to. I did pick something from the list. But I forget what I bound him to, and I don't think it was the great old one.
2: I I take every fucking time I take the fiend.
1: Oh, it's no. so good. I know
0: what it is. I, it's the hexblade.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was the hexblade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, think hexblade. I think you and I talked about it's, that.
0: It's the hexblade. He has yet to have a chance to use hexblade's curse because I looked into it. I can only do it once per rest. So like, yeah, that hasn't been revealed yet, and he hasn't used. Oh. Fuck, Eldritch Blast, spell. he hasn't he's, he's a got a good slice. selection of spells he's got nice. a good selection of spells but like he is not aware of what he has he's an automaton who was told to protect children and now he's being guided by a, a cursed spirit and he doesn't understand it
3: Xander, a warlock that doesn't wear armor yeah yeah. fuck is wrong with you
0: <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> dude i took plate mail and thanks to being a war forge that becomes um melded with his body so so i run i run
2: three classes and i run those classes very very differently i run um paladins just fully fucking decked pick up rings of protection Get like plus two shields, like fucking hyper tanks. But they're uh, they're the fa- they're like fallen paladins. They're they're uh, oath breakers, ah, which makes it super bitch. fun. So I'm no, I'm a hyper tank oath breaker. Um, and then I run an lord. Uh, <laughs> I run warlocks with no armor that stay far fucking out of the fight like always out of the fight. <clears throat> Unfortunately, can't do that in the, in this setting. And then the other one that I've I've been wanting to run is I want to run something similar to Thidius, but like a medium armor Thidius, like a bard that gets into the fight and fights
3: with a rapier. Oh, so a college of sorts. If you go
0: through yeah. the window, stab.
3: Like, you still get all the smells <laughs> and whatnot. You just get all the extra from your, yeah. what, or like, swords and whatnot. Like
2: Yeah, like, I'm a front-line bard as opposed to a backline bard. But no, my warlocks... My warlocks play back-line as fuck because I can drop a blight for 72 damage. Yeah. True. Like...
0: Blight's actually on my
2: list. One of my... Like, my buddy, I, I used to play... I, I took... Um, in two feats, I took medium and then heavy armor proficiency on a warlock, and he was like, "Can, can you not do that anymore?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay. I'll, if you refund me this feat, I'll take medium armor warlock." And he refunded me that feat, and then I got spell like spell sniper or something. So my three hundred range, uh, my three hundred foot range eldritch blast turned into a six hundred foot range eldritch blast. and i would just i would just sit there and go can i see him yeah you can see him all right there you go there's your damage and i just fucking blasted people because it doubles the range of eldritch blast which is already at 300 feet because of the eldritch spear and i'm just nailing them for fucking 1d10 plus 5 for three beams and the way I always worded it, is that one one hits, the second one swirls around it, and then the third one cr- uh, creates a double helix around the first initial blast. And it just all impacts at the same time, blowing a hole through somebody.
0: That's sexy. Anyway, <clears throat> ready to get back to it?
1: No. I chose a homebrew class. Fuck you guys. I did. I, and I love I,
2: your class. I wanted uh... to choose a, a homebrewed uh, patron, but... I feel like that would be broken as fuck too. <laughs> Robin got to see it. Robin got to see that homebrewed patron. <laughs> I
0: did. Matt,
2: I'll share that spell after the after the session.
1: Hello. What? He, sta- he stabs people. He's a stabby vampire. Yeah. <clears throat> uh so the the so I found a homebrew and I, I I checked it over with Ethan to see if he was kosher with it. And it's 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 pretty basic. I mean, fighters that don't go into like some interesting archetypes kind of kind of get shoehorned in, and that makes sense to have like this very like boisterous personality, right? Or if like you're not going to do a lot of shit in combat, your RP has got to be pretty pretty snappy. Um, but it's interesting some of the different things and what I've unlocked so far with it is canny defense. Uh, While wielding a finesse weapon, which is his rapier, uh, and and not wearing an armor or shield, your AC is equal to 10 plus your intellect modifier plus your deck, which equaled up to 19 without any armor at all, Nice. which I thought was pretty fun. And then uh, 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 two different abilities go with this thing called precise sword play, where I have a pool of precision dice equal to your dexterity modifier, And I made sure as I gained my fighter levels that I maxed dexterity to 20. So I'd have five of these precision dice. Um, So if I did precise strike, which is my offensive one, I get to roll that pool of D4s, five D4s, and then add them onto my damage if I strike, which is pretty snappy. And then the other one is I can reduce the damage of any weapon attack I receive Buy the precision dice plus my proficiency bonus. So I'll take damage, but holy fuck, it's going to be severely reduced. But it has to be a weapon attack and not like claws or magic and shit like that. So when we fought the uh, the, the Blights and the... What were they? With Displacer Beasts?
3: Dis- yeah, Displacer Beasts.
1: When we fought those, I, I couldn't use parrying blade on it. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep stabbing. Stab, 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 stab.
3: But, sim, sim, sim.
1: And then yeah. th- there's like one or two other things, but it's a really basic fighter archetype. But I was like, all right, this will allow me to really like focus on the RP of it, And just my, my turns will be super quick. I just approach, I'm either parrying or I'm attacking and then just moving on. And I'm like, all right, I like this. It's fun.
3: One thing you RP pretty well, and I wasn't sure how you were going to handle it, but with like smoke with his, passive perception being 21 like he sees basically everything that happens around him mhm I so I was like I'm totally calling him out on being a vampire
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I I was messaging uh is that how you spell his name Joseph in, in real life
3: Joseph Joseph jo- Joseph with a Z okay
1: yeah. alright I wasn't sure if that was like his like gamer tag or if, his, nope. if it was his real name it was his real name I messaged him privately because I once I realized because I was hoping someone would play a Paladin or a Cleric because I'm like vampires and them don't get along and I realized that there'd be some cool RP opportunities with that so I messaged him once I found out I was like hey what's your passive perception because I wanted to know if he would catch on a few of the cues. And then, and as time went on, like obviously my backstory would bleed into it a little bit. And then you forced my hand on it, and I was like, perfect timing, this is great. So of course, I just tried to like play like, 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 like crowd control, like, yeah, minimize the damage. So I rushed up to you, like, keep it down, keep it down, like, and like stamp it out with you before it like got out of control. And no, actually I, I like that that happened. I thought that was a cool moment that I was able to let. Uh, the other players and the listeners know, like, this is essentially what this character is about. But, yeah. I'm having
4: some issues with my character. Like, I enjoy my character, but, like, I feel very limited to what I can do. And I'm still trying to, like, learn a little bit. So, when it comes to combat, I'm having some difficulty... Figuring out, well, you're what
1: a I can rogue, do. right? Yeah, Ro- rogue assassin. Yeah, yeah. so th- so I'm limited
4: on daggers, and I only have a short sword. That's what I have,
1: yeah. And I think that's just kind of like we were talking about with mine, where I have a couple different things I can do, but that's about it, especially yeah. coming off of playing a druid, right? Where like you have this whole suite of different things you can do, and but then He's you move neutral. on to like, huh. Oh, ranger. Elisera,
0: my bad. Alicera was not a ranger. What the fuck? Alicera <laughs> <laughs> was an interestingly built character. She yeah. was not a druid nor ranger.
1: What the fuck was she? I want to know now.
0: Lark.
3: Oh! That That does make sense with some of the I... healing spells, because I was like... Druids don't have these. <laughs> you're oh, you're oh, you're fucking right. Oh wow, I never thought about that.
1: I was she like, was oh, they cleric. got they got some healing spells. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Um, she was a cleric of the god Sylvanus, who was essentially a god of the forest. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how she got her
4: power. It, so Makes that's sense. how the whole
0: druid thing came. You know, that, that that's where the, the it implies druid, but mm-hmm. it is not. Huh. She is a cleric of Sylvanas who specializes in a bow.
1: So, that's that's probably literally all the different things that threw me on. Like, nature, bow, gotta be one of those two classes.
0: Um. <laughs> but what's real fun is that she could do divine strike on an arrow. Oh. Yeah, that so, was a fun one. While the arrows don't deal like a fuck ton of damage, you know, a single d6 or whatever, mm-hmm. she had really fucking good range. And a divine strike just adds an extra d eight or two of an elemental yeah. damage. It's basically shooting
1: a mini nuke at someone
0: mm-hmm. with high rolls. So So I'm
1: so, so, so cool. yeah, going from even yeah, even a clear clerics are moderately complicated too. And then when when you go then to like a class like a rogue or a fighter, it's like, all right, I could do like four things. And then that's it. So it's 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 an interesting comparison and and the, the pros and cons of that. I feel like, yeah, like like I said, like with 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 uh Laszlo, it's more about the RP than it is like the, the different options in combat. Like I I didn't really care to do that this time versus uh Dalinar had, you know, a a a lot of different things he could do at any given time. Yeah. But yeah I, th- I think it all has a place right especially with one shots to let you experiment with with different things that you normally wouldn't do or you know uh, uh, an Eldritch knight that all of a sudden now you're playing a, a, a rogue and and doing all sorts of different things and and trying trying out some other stuff that you haven't done before
3: you know with a different personality like it all just goes hand in hand with it it's pretty nice yeah well, Heather, I have a question for you. Did you not take a short bow intentionally, or? I
0: bow
4: is
3: a short bow. What do you mean for the rogue? For her rogue. Oh. Because no, has... I didn't
4: want to. I wanted to do okay. a completely different weapon and class and all of that stuff.
3: Well, yeah, I well, wanted to try
4: something completely different.
3: Well, the reason oh. I was asking is a rogue comes with the option of a rapier or a short sword, so you picked a short sword. Mm-hmm. So unless you're dual-wielding short swords, which you haven't said you are, you also get an option of a short bow with 20 arrows or a short sword. Oh.
0: And As far as I knew, we built her with a single short sword and a belt full of daggers.
3: But being level 9, like you start with two daggers anyway, being level 9, it makes sense you picked up a bunch of daggers along the way.
5: Yeah. Which is why
3: I'm we really
4: concerned
0: about how many she
3: threw. Yeah. So I mean, if you I mean it's kinda canon now, but like
4: I mean I didn't know that was an option having a short bow. But
3: yeah, if you go into like starting equipment. If you go into starting equipment for a rogue, it's you start with a rapier or a short sword, and then a short bow with a quiver of twenty arrows or a short sword. Oh. I, yeah,
1: I thought about that too after, because since... Yeah, but wouldn't she need the dual-wielding feat?
0: Like, what good does it do to have two uh, short swords if she can only attack once?
1: Smoke doesn't have the
0: dual-wielding feat.
4: That was never an option when we were making the character, though. It at least on Roll20 it, it wasn't. wasn't.
0: Unless she
3: gets extra attack at level 9 and I just never noticed. Uh, you don't need extra attack. You can dual-wield without... You just lose the bonuses when you attack with Mm -hmm. it. So you don't get the extra, you don't get the proficiency on your other hand. So you lose that ability to hit more.
0: Right, but then she'd have to burn her bonus action to attack. The action economy doesn't make sense. You'd have to use your action to do an attack with one sword, burn a bonus action for the second attack because she doesn't have extra attack
3: Mm -hmm. built into the character. I I gotta look it up, but I don't think that's how it works. Uh, yeah. The books. So, you so whenever
1: you use the attack action, you can make an additional attack with your offhand weapon as a bonus action.
3: Oh, well, that's not the way it works in this one shot because Smoke's been doing it the entire time. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Yeah, I got very familiar with that with Nyx. Yeah, you did at the beginning. Because in the few moments where he's been forced into melee, you know, he's got... Shadowfell in his hand, but and he has daggers, and he's had to use his offhand with the daggers. But every time I do it, I can't do th- you know the, I can't have the proficiency bonus and have to burn my bonus action to do it. Okay, yeah,
1: well, yeah, it's pretty pretty much the consensus I'm seeing on here. It's like dual wielding in fifth edition, even with like. You know the, the the feats and stuff like that that go with it. It's not as optimal, like combat wise, but for flavor, it's pretty fucking cool. Yep. All right. Yeah, well. I thought about that too. I think we're in the same boat where um, when I made my character, I did I didn't know the situation we were going into. Right where he just said, "Yeah, you guys are going to be captured." And I'm like, all right, well, and then that in the opportunity with that, I would only have my rapier on me. And then That's as what then... I was
4: thinking, I'm only going to have like two weapons on me because I'm yeah. captured.
1: Yeah, so, so I, was, I was like, okay, like I'm not going to need a range weapon, and I'll just approach them because um, the class is the, the class I did choose was it was a dampier, and they naturally have a 35 uh, foot movement. So I'm like, all right, I'm quicker than an average human, so I can get up and fight. And then when he showed the map and it's like they're like a hundred feet away, I'm like, fuck.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, have no, to waste I, turns. I and...
1: But I did I did that at first too when I was first playing with maps. I made I made maps that were way too fucking big. And then realized later I'm like, we're all just wasting our turns like trying to close the gap. So um on my maps, you'll notice like a lot of them now are more compact. Just to just to make that like less fucky, because that's that's not nearly as fun. Oh well, every, everyone spends their first two turns just getting into place, and hey, if you have a range weapon, you could pelt at them. But
0: well, so you guys remember the uh, the 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 field swamp forest map from Remedy, mm-hmm. where like all the goblins were eliminated. Originally, my original idea for Remedy before Alicera was even conceived. Um, that was where the entire one shot was going to take place wherein you guys would have to move around that map and deal with the problems in its various sections so you had one massive map and like originally the hexes on it were super fucking tiny I actually tried to make it realistic to a giant field with a lake in the middle of it and a big ass forest and mountains ahead of you like it would have taken you like two hundred feet just to get through that forest to the mountains. And it was it was huge. <clears throat> and it was intended so that you guys were like, you know, I'd open up the story, you guys are all sitting around a campfire at the middle in the middle of the night. And I had like fog of war built into it, and I was building like Um I was putting up tree trunks in the forest to act as shadows vision blocks so as you guys moved through the forest you'd only be able to see as if you were looking through a forest that kind of thing like I built the whole fucking thing and I was gonna make this like complex story where you guys were fighting down I was actually gonna bring back the lich the the lich that you guys fought on the second to last floor he said I will return and he was going to return he was going to even though that whole thing was a kind of a figment of fudd's imagination the lich was going to come back because this is some weird mix of necromancy and child's imagination Mm-mm. um he was going to come back in a much more powerful form and you were going to have to deal with like a whole bunch of undead and other nasty made up creatures um and the other point is that the map was huge so that i could play other one-shots and only have to use that one map, I
1: just confine you guys to one section of it. <clears throat> it's always, it's always fun really to think about what, what goes on the cutting room floor, you know? Huh. Yeah, yeah, That's like why, like, like, one-shot. like, we're having these conversations now where we're you know going back and talking about different things and everything that I'm talking to you guys about is, like, in the past. Um, but there are a lot of ideas of mine and a, a few maps that I've made that still haven't come back and I'm keeping those for the off chance or the future that I can either use a map oh, yeah. that I it's haven't Roman done nine. or enemies and things like that like there are some enemies I don't have on the Roll20 list that I have in my files that I'm ready to just make stats for and stuff like that but that's kind of the that's kind of the fun thing and, and if I have a lot to take away from this campaign where we've gotten so far is that a lot of my ideas that, like, you know, you know, in the future, if I ever, you know, DM again, that there's either minor story elements or a character that either with, you know, it, it would it would have to be with a different group, right? Where I wouldn't want to reuse the same. I wouldn't want to bring back, like, Clint for you guys again, but I could take that character and put him in a different game and, like, use that archetype. So there's a lot of cool things. Even if you never use it in your current game or even now, there's a cool opportunity that later on you could alter a little bit of it or shoehorn it in somewhere. There, There's this one cave map that just, it's, I've planned on it coming up, but it never comes up. But I have a cave map on Roll20, ready to go. Everything's planned out, but there's just never been an interesting opportunity for me to plug it into where we're at. And maybe someday we will, but if it doesn't, whatever I've had the idea for it. it's on roll 20 new campaign. Hey look, I already have this suite of maps because hundred percent like I like to go the back to what you said like <laughs> yeah <laughs> if 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 I've made these maps like a few of them, like think about your basic one where you guys fought the uh, the white cap gang on your way back from the uh, the graveyard and the hill that was off to the left and everything. There's no reason a campaign from now we can't use that map over again for a forest ambush or whatever the hell have you or if you guys wanted to do an ambush yep here's your map oh it's that same map but now you guys are up on the hill trying to ambush you know a caravan or a group of whatever like there's a lot of a lot of cool opportunities that even though they won't hit right now there's a good chance they might come back later
0: yeah so Thrym and Nyx are definitely going back to Aramakos to burn the fucker down well, oh yeah,
1: obviously yeah. Not Aramakos, he's my baby
0: Or I still have the sun orb You do still have the sun orb I never let that bitch go <laughs> I'm waiting until I have ninth level spells And I'm gonna hit it with a ninth level lightning bolt Just to see what
1: fucking happens Oh my god It's the equivalent of like Doing a fucking like Fusion reactor black hole It just sucks all of reality into it
0: Hey Loth, wanna meet my little boy?
1: i'm honestly
4: looking forward to uh being in the new campaign that you guys make i already have a character in process right now who basically the way i made her is she's going to be a cleric and a rogue because i find that interesting and i kind of want to keep exploring different areas of D&D and experimenting with different things that's yeah, cool. a cleric cool. rogue.
2: I don't yeah. think I've ever heard of a cleric rogue before. I am into that idea.
4: Right?
3: <laughs> oh god. I can think but, how that can go horribly well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> horribly well. I love that phrase. Uh what's like, what's the name of it?
1: I think you're thinking if you're thinking the same thing as me, I'm thinking of Cast Without a Trace.
3: Well, it's not even like, just that. There's a whole like there's a whole cleric set up basically to just sap life from everything that totally goes with like rogue sneak attack and everything else. Like they have spells. It's like, it's, Oh, like, Oh, uh, it's instead of, uh, it's not circle. Cause those are druids. Fuck. Oh, domain. It's no, the domain domains. of death. So they have the life <laughs> one. And one of the, Expansions. is either Exanthiers or Tashas. They have the domain of death. Yeah. What's the fun? Do you wanna
2: pronounce that expansion again for me? I Which would one? to say that again. Uh not Tasha's the other one.
3: <laughs> I pronounced it the way it's written out. And that is Exanthiers. Gotcha. Thank you.
0: Xanathars. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a hundred percent pronounced
3: Xanathar. Exanthiers, <laughs> fucking, fucking Exanthier's the chat overdue. right now you fucking mung a cooler name Hmong. I'm
0: gonna start calling Xander Exanthier from now on <laughs> why <laughs> <are> you not <laughs> you got a problem with that Exanthier?
3: but no like talking about pulling like characters from one thing and putting it into another I ran a game where they were told to find this serial killer and the serial killer was Jack. Oh, there you go. And it was just random bodies were found outside all of these bar, all of these bars. And it turned out all of these bars had a certain bard that played in every one of these bars.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> That's where. Uh, oh, Jack and Thidius. Jack and Thidius. It, it kind of bled. I. I told you guys that, uh, the, the campaign that I play with, that, uh, we got TPK'd and we were, we were all very comfortable with that. We'd been playing for about 60 sessions and did our story not come to a beautiful ending? Absolutely not. But we were like, all right, we, we got where we got. We knew, you know, death was always a thing, whatever. So anyway, when my character died, the first thing I fucking did was there's a website called uh uh PFSRD. Uh I think it's like tw- 20 PFSRD and it's for Pathfinder and it ha- it's literally like every single document on Pathfinder compiled on one website and it, it's pretty good at like labeling out all the different things. So when my character died, what did I do? I was like, "All right, next session I got to figure out a character." And even before I chose the class, I knew I wanted to play that character of Laszlo for that. And then we're, we're taking a break in everything. And we, we, we don't know, you know, who, you know, if, if Cam's going to take over or, or Pat or Josh are going to try DMing again. Um, but I knew, I knew I was, I wasn't sure what was happening with me with that as well. Cause if they, if they played on the weekdays, it would be, it would be rough. So it's all in limbo. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play Laszlo. And then Ethan's like, hey, I got a one shot. I'm like, Laszlo, let's go. So I was like super excited. I was like bummed for a while. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to do anything with it. And then we have him in the one shot. So I'm hoping he survives. So maybe in another adventure, I can bring him back because he's fun.
0: Speaking of Pathfinder, I love, I, I find it really funny when you slip up. And you pull a Pathfinder move. Like pull a will save for me. Like, what the fuck is will? Sorry. (laughs)
1: Like where does that land? It is is so (laughs) stupidly complicated. But like I feel I feel like fifth edition has a lot of good customization options. And but most of it is through RP. And like you working with your DM either. To make sure you can purchase magic items or like if your DMs giving you magic items that kind of tweak your character. There's just so much shit every fucking class can do with Pathfinder. It, it blows my fucking mind. Like if you ever are curious, like take a look. I'll, I'll put a link in our chat for PFSRD. Pathfinder oh, Pathfinder's,
2: wild. Pathfinder's like,
1: fucking I, wild.
2: I got into D&D with Pathfinder and that was a mistake, first of all, because Pathfinder is just overwhelming the amount of information that there is. Um, I mean, it's the only—it's the only game that I know of that needs five full books to tell you what every single monster or creature in the game is. Because um, there's, to my to my knowledge, there are five different
1: bestiaries for Pathfinder, at the very least.
2: Like, and then
1: there's i there's all homebrew stuff all over the place as well. I, I
2: know that my local game store, when I was living back in Oregon, had Bestiary 1 through 5 on the shelf for Pathfinder. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ. And then they also had Bestiaries 1 through 5 on the, uh, like, because they had a, a section that you could go and, like, use their equipment for, like, certain equipment that they had just, if like, in shop. So, like, yeah. there was D&D groups that would meet there daily. Uh, well, not, like, the same group daily, but, like, every day there'd be a and d group, and there'd be some guys playing, like, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon or whatever. But Pathfinder had its own shelf <laughs> of books. It, That's
1: insane. It, it also just it's gets insane. very weirdly complicated with um, the rules, because whenever... So, Pat, uh, Cuddy, uh, played a wizard who was an illusionist. That was his like specification. So he focused on illusions that when he was a low level would just sit there and, you know, do typical distraction things. But later on, his illusions could actually do damage and kind of become reality in a way. Like his wizard became really powerful over time. And, you know, we had collected a bunch of magic items and shit, but almost whenever Pat would want to play a cast a spell, we would all have to pull out our phones and look up the precise rules on how it would fucking work because he would just go fucking ape shit on like whatever. And one of the one of the weirdest moments was was pretty late in our game. It was like two sessions before we TPK'd. We were fighting over this like pit of lava and we had just started the session and like a big bad wizard came out. And this guy was decked up in like magic shields and shit. And he began to float over. Uh, Pat had an interesting idea to float back towards him. So they're both over the lava. And Cam was just, uh, our DM was a little bit like, fuck you. So he decided to try to cast Dispel Magic on what was causing him to levitate. Trying to plummet him in the lava. And we all had to pull out our books because Dispel Magic works differently with Pathfinder where it runs off of a hierarchy of your most powerful magic items and what level they're cast, and then goes down. So if you fail the check, or if he succeeds, the spell doesn't fail, it goes down to your next magic item. Down to your next, until one of them does succeed and dispels it. And it turns out it was some, like, bracelet that he had for whatever, and his, his levitation was pretty high up. But it seriously took us, like, 28 minutes to figure out the ruling on it to make sure that Pat didn't get fucked over on what he was trying to do and that what Cam was doing was like to the book and it was like at that point we're all just like waiting mechanic. for the results here but 28 minutes for one mechanic for one mechanic and there were a few like while I never play Pathfinder I I think if if we were playing a private game without like recording and we were just hanging out at someone's house eating pizza We, I think we would enjoy Pathfinder, but.
0: That requires you to hang out with us, Matt. (laughs) I'm allergic
1: to people.
2: Pathfinder is like 80% of campaigns that go legacy.
1: Yeah, has to be.
2: Like, because. So, legacy, for anyone that doesn't know what a legacy campaign is, a legacy campaign is a campaign that goes beyond uh, level 20. Um, which is traditional, like where your where your uh, character becomes basically a living god. Um, <laughs> at level twenty, you can create things into existence that should not exist. You start fighting unique world destroying monsters, etc. Sorry, I took the I took the glass off my off my PC case, uh, so I had to reach underneath my desk there. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Pathfinder has to be at least 80% of all games that go legacy just because there's so many different rulings there's so many unique encounters the worlds are endless for Pathfinder because people play Pathfinder for decades in the same in the same campaign
1: it's wild absolutely wild weird and wild so what other questions do we have
4: what is Pathfinder technically be considered I'm trying to think of the D word, but basically god modding. Then, if it's like level twenty, you're making things happen that aren't there.
2: Well, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like all D D, like post level sixteen D is like, what's the next
1: biggest thing we can kill? Right. Well, <laughs> like, that's why I think a lot of campaigns naturally end when you're in your teens yeah. for level at that point your dm is just like i mean i'll throw gods at them but they'll probably kill them too like we just need to
2: find a good spot to end this the highest level i've ever gotten to was a pure warlock level 16. uh let me look up uh warlocks i feel like that's
0: where a lot of homebrew stuff starts to play yeah for sure like if you're gonna play past the teens and make it all the way to level 20 Yeah, there's gonna be some god modding, but that's just how the mechanics are built. Because at level 20, you are effectively a walking god. For certain classes. And, like... Yeah, that's where your homebrew shit comes in. That's where, you know, we start creating, you know... A dragon with 12 heads, and every head has a different elemental affinity. And it's got natural hide armor that's made of fucking unobtainium, so... (laughs) good luck getting through its AC I think I'm pretty sure that's where the Tarask came into play oh yeah it's effectively immune to magic and it has like on a d6 if it rolls like a 1 or some shit the spell is reflected back at the caster the AC is fucking insane so like yeah there are ways to get around it but I don't know I just feel like that's where a lot of homebrew comes out of Mm mhm yeah, so in my
2: um, in the campaign that I played uh, as a level sixteen uh, warlock, I used Finger of Death, and that's seventy eight necrotic or seventy eight plus thirty necrotic damage, just fucking obliterated one target. Mm-hmm. And then I used, actually, funny enough, Blight twice at fifth level on uh, two treants that the boss had. It was, we were fighting some, like, humans are ruining this world, so I've teamed up with nature to eradicate humans, basically. And I was like, alright,
5: I mean, I agree.
2: Al Gore. Pretty much. (laughs) We were fighting Super Al Gore. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I agree with you, humans fucking suck, because they keep, like, screwing over the elves in this world. But I don't think that killing them is the right way to go. I personally believe in slaving them. So, I'm going to kill you and your treants. And we'll see what happens. And I cast Blight twice. And then Finger of Death, that dude. And he was just destroyed. Like, he didn't die. But that was a lot of damage. And it's it's just, at that point, like, what do you do? Like, there's not much after that. Oh, there's a Tarrasque terrorizing the largest city in the world. we got to get you over there. Uh... Dimension door in or whatever portals in, and then you go fight a terrasque. It's like world-ending creature. Okay, well, that,
1: it it kind of detracts, right? Like we all have, with, with starting at a lower levels, we we have almost these very humble beginnings, right? Where like like a single goblin could kill a level one character, kind of thing. And you have the the growth and everything, but it's the story, right? Where you know. Y- it, and ours, I guess, is a little bit of a unique thing where essentially we're trying to kill a god or goddess. But with, with right a lot of it, beginning. though, yeah, right, right from the beginning, level fucking one, because that's <laughs> that's sustainable. But at the same time, though, there's there's the story elements that we uncover and they're all very terrestrial, right? They all, for the most part, belong in the world where we're at, according to our level. But by that time, everything's already been like put with a bow on it right by that time. And yeah, you have to keep creating like these like existential threats that are coming to the plane of existence and you're dealing with supernatural crazy shit. But you it mean, doesn't tie into your narrative as much. You mean like writing the DM into the campaign? Yeah. The cutest. That, that is a, that's a fun one for me. I, 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 a a lot of my story, I guess if you call them story arcs, where like you'll have like a quest or whatever, I do, you know, like I think that's the DM's best friend is books and media because you get a lot of cool ideas that you either tweak or essentially you entirely plagiarize the whole fucking thing. And then you find a sweet spot of doing both where you're like all right i'm going to take this idea but i'm going to take all these aspects that i like from like fucking star trek Boop! here's here's fucking q from star trek in our fucking DD game and then just just moving on from there and like the whole like clinton mason thing uh from from based those characters off silence of the lambs so and that's just i like that shit
3: well, there, there is one campaign I want to run well technically it's two you get like a a party of good players and a party of evil players and you run it so they level up the same but at the end they're facing each other so they're both like if they get to level 20 they're both basic walking gods that all have played their characters to a point where they know what they can do yeah,
0: but then we just end up with the Sundering. Sure. Like, again. <laughs>
5: again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so one thing that I really want to do um, with a D&D campaign um, is I really want it... So, And I've been working on this for a minute in world building, right? So you, you create this world and you go big with it. You go fucking massive with it. And you drop a party in it right standard D;D campaign they go around they do their fetch quests they help the old lady you know move her groceries that kind of thing maybe they go to the next city over and bring back goods because a wagon got stuck whatever it is right well across the world you drop another party in it and eventually these two parties are working around the world and doing their own thing and let's say uh nix and thrym show up to this town and they're like hey you know we got this really bad like alligator problem, like, could you help us out? And are like, yeah, we're passing through, we got something else we gotta do in a neighboring town, but we'll come back and we'll help you out with it, right? So they go over to the next town, over, get whatever quest that's time-sensitive done, and come back. Well, if that other party happened into the town, in the two weeks you were gone, and dealt with the alligator problem, and moved on, you come back and you're like, hey, we're here to help you with your alligator problem. They're like, oh, another group came by and and helped us out, but thank you so much. And so you're constantly hearing rumors about this, like, other group, or they're finishing things before you, or they're doing these other things, but you don't meet them unless you happen to be at the same spot at the same time. And so you're constantly, you're not, like, the one adventurer group. You're one of many, right? But you have these actual interactions that are happening, and it's all within the same time span um, but you're interacting with the world in two different places and maybe Nixon Thrum light an entire city on fire and escape in the carnage and this other uh, you know group comes in and this town's just ashes and rubble and they're like hey there's this like terroristic group that lit our city on fire you've got to help us or, like, stay clear of this area, because that's where they went. And you just get these narratives built, and you're like, what What are these people? And you're constantly, like, hunting them down or trying to find more information about them. And I think that would be really fucking cool.
1: One cool idea. I, I was watching a video the other day. Uh, there's one of those supplemental D&D books that's coming out next month in the world of Exandria. Uh, called Call of the Netherdeep and there was an interview and mercer was talking to one of like the developers and the interview guys for uh, wizards and one of the things in the adventure book is you actually end up like kind of clashing with an enemy party and it's up to the players if they're going to be hostile with them and depending on the situation they either become like best buddies with the group or they become like rivals and i think that's always kind of a cool thing that like a lot of, I think you know, you know, you guys are the stars, right? And to take that away from you and like put it with other NPCs, you avoid that, right? You want you guys to have, you know, the your guys are like the the main attraction kind of thing. But to have a rival NPC group is is a pretty cool concept, and and it's very dynamic based on your reactions. I think that's kind of a cool concept. And then yeah, like you said, taking that further is to is to run two separate games in the same world and have them kind of like crisscross without like interacting but that's man that those are so many moving parts to that like hardcore but yeah that's and, a fascinating venture
2: and it could be something that it's a world that maybe you don't run two groups in it at the same time but you run like they're you give one group like a two like a month head start and they still take place in two different plate in two different areas but you can see the results of either group in the world you know so maybe there's this freshly constructed like building that is in dedication to Nix van Grell and you're like oh I want to learn more about this guy or something like that or right you don't
1: so what you're what you're saying is Xander, uh, when this campaign ends, you're gonna run two separate campaigns.
2: I are, I actually already <laughs> have it in the works with uh with two group or with uh seven or eight people that want me to DM a campaign for them, and I'm like, first of all, fuck you, I'm not having a table that big. You're right? out of your mind. That's I'm huge. Not, I'm not doing a table that big. I have zero control over a four man table. You Dude. want me to run an eight man table, you're out of your mind.
3: I ran a yeah, I feel I like I they ran get a, chaotic really fast. I ran a table with nine. Yeah, that's a mistake. How long oh. did your combats last? Only Jeez. two only two of them were experienced players. Oh, oh man. all the other ones were brand new. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Know that, yeah, oh it was it was a nightmare.
2: So <laughs> one of my buddies took on the task of running a uh of running a six-man group and our combat turns take 10 we're all experienced players we've all played before but we haven't all played together before so we don't anticipate how everyone's gonna go and what they're gonna do with their turns and it takes us like 10 minutes to get through a round 15 minutes sometimes to get through a round and we're like i this takes too fucking long for like once one combat is one session basically
1: well, you got to think <laughs> too not only combat. not only do you have the monsters too so you have that many exactly. players you can't just throw one or two monsters at the at the players because the action economy is going to be garbage so you either have to have a couple creatures with many attacks um or you have to like throw a horde of monsters at them every time and of course mm-hmm. all of them need to be able to do something and you got to be able to, like, condense it down the best you can as a DM, but that's still, even if you do that, like we do, like, if I have archers and soldiers, the archers are on one mm-hmm. initiative roll and the soldiers are on another, so that way I do all the archers at once and the soldiers at once, because if I have s- six enemies and have each one of them have initiative, that, that gets tangled and mm-hmm. um, very rough. So by condensing it down, it's still but still like when we do combat, like it if we do a combat session, usually it is a combat session, it takes up almost the whole thing. With a little bit of RP sprinkled in. Like when you guys infiltrated um the uh that, that tavern in the in the previous session, like you guys didn't complete it because we still had more. You guys had the the potential boss fight with the with the Frostwolf. In it, but like you guys had the RP at the beginning, we did a lot of combat. But say we split that up, right? And we just had combat, combat would have taken up that whole session if we started mm-hmm. right at the beginning of assaulting the bar and going in yeah. there. And that's with four players. Yeah, it's insane. I can't, oh yeah, I can't imagine that. Like, hats doing off doing to you guys with, for trying that, but uh, that that's not for me. Yeah, right? no, thanks. Well, dude, that was, you know, my, my first like official stuff like I, I did you know like a couple of the books with a group of people from my from my work and we had four players and I was like okay that's cool and then I, I started you know we did that for a little bit and then COVID happened so we stopped doing that But we only gotten maybe three sessions into that so I was still very green and then that's when Robin and John and I got together to, to make our thing I'm like two cool two players inexperienced players who've never played before, but they know the general knowledge. I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun, nice and easy. And then I get into a role and then we're like, I I propose them like, Hey, what are your thoughts about bringing in another player? Cause I had my buddy Pat and we tried it. And I'm like, I was kind of like, Oh no, a third player. How the fuck do I balance shit? And then you just kind of do it over time. And then we lost him and then got the two of you. So we went from three down to two back up to four and, like, I was worried at first with four players. I'm like, how the fuck do I balance encounters? But it's something, you know, like, I think as a DM, you're going to get a little nervous about, but you just, on the fly, you you change up some shit. Or, you know, with a lot of circumstances, like, I'll plan an encounter, and you guys just roll through it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, either either on the fact that you guys are really rolling really well, and the enemy's rolling really shitty, or just the fact that I was just like, all right, well, you know like the, uh, the the white cap gang in the forest. I didn't alter any of their hit points or anything. I'm like, if you guys kill them quick, you kill them quick. Cause these are like, you know, little baby bitch cutthroat bandits. I mean, they're not fucking that hard to kill, but they're meant to be not that hard to kill. You know, and one yeah. of them, you know, d- the, the druid was like on the defensive and you guys were like being aggressive with it and you know, there's fights like that too, where like, yeah, you don't tweak shit for the sake of anything. Like, you, that's they do. You get the encounters where I put something in front of you guys, we're like, fuck, we have to run away or get the fuck out or solve a problem. But then there's the ones where I think you, you guys should be able just to go fucking hog wild and like one or two shot a creature and feel fucking badass because that's part of it too. It's like yeah, it's like any video game, right? Where like, oh, you level up and get new abilities, but then it throws more challenges at you. And yeah, if it's, it's, it's done well, nice yeah, if if it's done well, you feel like you're you're growing and challenging. But then I like the I like the RPGs where you can go back to older areas and just one-shot everything cuz you're super fucking powerful. That's always fun to me.
4: Just got real quiet in here all of a sudden. Who died? Me. Oh. So I'm going
0: to be honest, guys. Um, Heather and I have had an extremely long day and I'm starting to develop a headache, so I'm feeling like we should probably cut this a little short tonight.
1: That works, yeah. I feel right. poopy these You good. guys want
0: to do the Mad Lib before we cut out? yeah yeah if you're I mean,
3: if you're still up for it i mean we might as well like let's be honest this is probably the first matter of the gods that actually stayed D and D related right yeah really 100 <laughs> is oh god yeah yeah
0: <laughs> this is the most matter at hands matter at hands we've ever run
2: yeah <laughs> we uh usually it's it's uh it's pretty quick to get off the rails and by pretty quick i mean there is never any rails <laughs> they go okay. Let's
1: talk rails, but not really. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's there's railings.
1: <laughs> Made of we're right
4: the crazy baby. train.
1: All right.
0: First up, give me a verb in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Ran. All... Okay. You guys didn't say anything. Already labeled (laughs) explicit. I was gonna Uh, say
5: shat.
4: Well, you should have been quicker.
0: Maybe you'll have another (laughs) chance. All right, an animal in the plural.
2: Mongoose.
0: Mongoose says.
2: I'm pretty sure. I don't think that's a word.
4: I think it's just mongoose. Mongoose. Oh yeah, yeah, that works. (laughs)
0: I'm gonna say mongeese whether or not it's a word
4: That works
0: Alright I need a verb Swim I need an adjective Fuck You would You would (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna put fucking to make it an adjective
2: That's a verb Fucking would be
3: a verb
0: Yeah you're so fucking stupid. Now it's an adjective.
3: <laughs> That's true. A fuck is the most versatile word in the English language. It no really is. Where you put it.
0: Alright, I need a plural noun. And no, I will not write fucks. <laughs> Anuses. Alright. <laughs> Alright, I need another animal.
1: Penguin.
4: See, so I was thinking platypus.
5: <laughs> what is
1: happening? Alright, I need
5: a <laughs>
0: verb ending in ING. Stroking.
4: Oh, yeah. I was gonna say grabbing. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ!
0: You guys are right on the same page. Oh, this is great. I need a part of the body in the plural. Oh, boy. Knees! Uh, knees. 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 Okay. okay. I like how John muted himself as soon as that was brought up. He's laughing
2: too hard already. (laughs) You haven't even gotten there.
0: I need an adjective.
4: Green.
2: I was about to fucking say green. It is. Okay. It's a descriptive a descriptive word.
0: I need a place in the plural. Churches. Oh (laughs) god. This is gonna get real interesting. All right, I need a, I need a plural noun. Matt, looking
1: at you, Matt. Come on, Matt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a fun.
2: Oh my god, he's looking one up.
4: <laughs> it's the first thing that comes to your mind. Come on now,
1: stools
2: like stools is in turds or stools is in the ones you sit on
0: the ones
1: we'll, you we'll sit find on. out by context
0: yeah <laughs> all right i need an adjective
1: iridescent iridescent Ooh, he was ready for that
0: <laughs> he's been thinking of that word all night he just needed a place a time and place to use it yeah all right that's his I'm, five dollar word of the night <laughs> i need another verb ending in ing Or Jaron.
4: Stroking.
0: Stroking. Oh. We've already used stroking. Rubbing. used. <laughs> Fine, I'll I'm
4: use the ringing. other one.
0: <laughs> Alright, I need an adjective. Shiny. Aw. Oh. I- I'm going with mats. Shiny. Alright, I need a verb.
4: Playing.
2: here we like this? <laughs> I don't like where this is going already.
0: All right, so I need an adverb.
2: Which is quickly, fun, I...
0: slowly. It ends in ly.
1: Agonizingly. Oh, there's a word. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs>
0: And finally, I need an exclamation. Fuck! Fuck. (laughs) It's gotta be. Okay, give me one minute to fill in the blanks.
4: Wow, you guys really like using the word fuck.
1: (laughs) Have you listened to the podcast? podcast?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have.
1: It's a pretty common word.
4: That's why I find it funny. That's gotta make up at least
1: 7% (laughs) of all the words used. Seven?
2: Oh, at least seven
1: yeah you're right it's a little low
4: (laughs) that's why i gotta pick on you guys a little bit because it's funny i listen to the podcast and it's like every other word is fuck
2: (laughs) it's like talking to john
3: (laughs) no that's fair weird i grew up in a strict christian household huh oh
4: it's just that rebellious streak uh Going I don't through know, I guess I'm
0: gonna get through reading this with a straight face
4: oh god
3: I mean that's kind of the point isn't it
4: yeah that's true my lips are supposed to be kind of hilarious
0: the context dear God it's way too dark Alright, ladies and gentlemen, our first D&D Mad Lib. Are Hmm. we ready for this?
2: No, I don't think we are, but do it anyway. Alright, get fucked.
3: Mad Lib's (laughs) gonna get a cease and desist order on us.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yep, I think they already have one drafted up.
0: (laughs)
3: Alright, ready?
0: Nope. Adventure awaits... Those who have ran even a single game of Dungeons & Mongeese, aka D&D, D&M, know adventure awaits those who dare to swim it. Whether you're uncovering fucking world-ending anuses, slaying a mad penguin that is stroking villagers, or casting a spell to subdue a dragon with two knees, your bravery is sure to be rewarded. You can explore anything from green dungeons, haunted churches and mysterious chambers filled with glittering stools to even an evening, iridescent <laughs> relationship speaking of relationships role playing or rubbing your character <laughs> is a shiny is a shiny part of the fun
2: <laughs> none of this is too explicit yet no,
0: no, that, no, just the penguin that's worse. stroking villagers.
2: <laughs> 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 that's a normal occurrence in D&D. I, uh, yeah. I'm almost
0: done. I'm almost done. Similar to any adventure, you get what you play into it. So look alive, be wary of anyone who acts a bit too agonizingly, and onward fuck! <laughs> Wonderful!
2: I mean, onward fuck is like the best advice you can give to a bard
0: player, right? <laughs> I'm sorry whether you're undercovering fucking world-ending anuses seeing (laughs) a mad penguin that is stroking villagers or casting a spell to subdue a dragon with two knees
1: like that's the greatest
0: sentence ever
1: so what you're saying is at some point we need a wacky one shot where we save that we need to incorporate a lot of that shit in the one shot
0: oh yeah no a penguin stroking villagers that's happening 100%.
1: 100%. I mean, not, I don't know about you, but I'm already dreading the encounter with dragon with two knees. Holy shit.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to handle the dragon with two knees. <laughs> one
0: fuck. knee I can handle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to do another one, but... God, I'll do another
0: kill. one. I don't give a fuck. We'll do, All right. we'll do the next one. Alright, let's go. All right, Hang on, hang on. Let me get to the page. Alright. I need an adjective.
2: Trying to find something. Translucent.
0: Translucent.
2: There's a there's your five dollar word from
3: Xander today.
0: (laughs) Alright. I need a verb ending in ING. Slipping. I need an occupation.
3: Prostitute. Uh, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) The world's oldest occupation. I
0: mean, veterinary prostitute, okay? (laughs) Oh, God. Hang on, hang
2: on, hang on, hang on. A veterinary prostitute. Is this a prostitute (laughs) that is a vet, or is this (laughs) a vet for prostitutes?
0: (laughs) Just yes. All right, I need a noun. peninsula okay
4: going one... wow going
0: for more than one syllable i need a number 13 okay i need a plural noun horse horse nice. <laughs> i was waiting for that to be the occupation i need a verb <laughs> Wait, what do you need? I need a verb. Slapping. Slap, (laughs) Jesus. I need another verb. Thrusting. (laughs) I heard two things at once. I said thrusting.
4: I said stripping.
0: I'm going with thrusting. (laughs) Or thrust. Alright, I need an exclamation. We've gone from slap to thrust, and now I need an exclamation.
1: Aye, aye, aye. Uh, Okay.
0: I need an adjective. Radical. Okay.
3: Ooh.
0: I need another Mm -hmm. verb. Spanking? Spank, okay. I'm
4: gonna go with sprinting, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's spanking. Spanking is perfect.
0: I need a (laughs) plural noun. Trees? You're gonna spank some trees, okay. (laughs) Alright.
4: I'm into Uh,
0: it. I need a part of the body.
3: I mean, no one said penises yet. We gotta throw penises up in this. Alright.
5: Penis.
0: God, no up in it. <laughs> right. Now I need a noun.
2: Gigantic. Gigantic. That's an adjective. Nope. Oh no, you're right. right. You're right. That is an
0: right. adjective. However, uh, adjective is next, so I'll put gigantic on that one.
2: There we go. There we go. Uh, noun, let's do uh Gnome. So I'm just gonna do Cuba.
3: <laughs> That's a proper noun.
2: It's the same... A noun is a person, place, or thing.
0: I'm
3: going Cuba's with a gnome. place. I'm
0: going with gnome. I need a verb.
2: I fucking suck with words, apparently.
0: Suck, okay?
2: <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> I've contributed. Wait, wait. What? No. All You're right. Fine. And finally, Matt, I need a noun. Hmm. Butler. Butler.
1: Okay. Give me 30 seconds to fill this in. Problem. You'll notice netting I put. I, I literally have never gotten to use the two songs I have for funny scenes no So I have those playing right now.
3: That'd be fun,
2: I thought like a proper noun is like the White House,
3: but uh, it that is a proper noun. A place like Cuba would be also be a proper noun because it's a country, which is technically Basically, a proper if it ends
0: noun. in a, if it starts with a capital letter, it's a proper noun
3: uh.
2: so a a person would also be a proper noun.
0: A person's name
2: would be a proper noun
5: mm.
2: I've been lied to my whole fucking life. Which is a statement, not a noun.
3: And I expect that I I, I to be said with emphasis,
4: (laughs) (laughs) maybe in a funny voice, too.
1: Ay. yeah, yeah, preferably you know some uh, cultural appropriation, a uh, Mexican <laughs> voice, you know, just to offend people
2: that's what we're going for in this yeah. podcast, yeah really. <laughs>
1: absolutely
2: i mean if if that wasn't clear from everything else that we do <laughs> <laughs> this is for the viewers at home, like we are here purely to offend you, yep. Yeah. Every single Friday,
3: and if that offends you, thank God. No, we're we're done. doing our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: not
0: right. gonna
2: tell you what to do. You don't have to thank
0: God. Um, I'm not thanking anyone for this one.
2: <laughs> <All right. laughs> you can thank me for this one.
0: Are we ready?
2: No. Yes.
0: RPG, role-playing game, acronym cheat sheet. There are so many translucent acronyms in D&D. Here's some lingo from this roll slipping game. DM or Dungeon Master. The veterinary prostitute is either your best friend or your worst peninsula. D20, D4, D13, etc. D stands for dice and the number is how many whores it has. <laughs> AC or armor class. This number is how hard you are to slap. Keep it high to avoid an injury that might thrust you. Aye aye! aye. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes.
0: NPC or non-player character. These are the DM's radical puppets who spank you through the world. AOE or area of effect Some spells or trees can reach as far as the penis can see. <laughs> Others only affect those standing within a small gnome. A critical <laughs> A critical When you roll your D20 and get a gigantic 20, the effect of your next action will suck. If this happens, congratulations. You're on Butler. Hey!
2: <laughs> that was supposed to be. Like, usually there's a very clear answer for what, <laughs> what the right way to fill these out are. I don't I'm
5: know
2: fun. what that was- Maybe? Maybe. Maybe.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, in the DM, <laughs> absolutely works out. How many whores does a die have? Mm. Yep. You no. Keep it high to avoid an injury that might thrust you. Also <laughs> so
2: factual. <that> you always <laughs> <sure. laughs> see
0: you go get
2: thrusted, boy.
0: I i i. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... We kind of
3: have to do the next one.
0: Hell yeah. One we more. Kinda, we kind of have to. We kind
3: of have to. Oh, boy. All right. We just need to teach people how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah they, that's what they, we're they, doing they, here. This is what they need to learn. All right, guys. We're starting with a part of the body.
3: Wow, we're
1: right off the bat, huh? Yeah. Eyeball. Oh, oh. okay. Keeping it Coward. PG.
4: I Adjective. was going to say butt.
2: What was the next one? I'm sorry.
0: Adjective.
2: <laughs> Slimy.
0: Noun. You want to go with butt, Heather?
4: I was going to go with Bob.
0: <laughs> That's a proper noun.
4: Oh, then yeah, but then Alright, let's go with butt. Thank you
0: for your contribution. (laughs) I need an adjective. What? What?
3: what? Both of you, what? What'd you have, John? Reckless. Ooh,
1: I like that. Alright, we'll go with reckless. Yeah.
0: All right, I need a verb in the past tense.
1: Love. Choked.
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah,
2: stroked. No, I said I choked, just... but Heather goes... No, oh, no, stroke. Oh.
1: We're doing stroke now. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> Gotta stroke. be
0: stroked. Stroked it is. All right. We need a person in the room.
2: John!
4: John!
0: <laughs> we need an adjective bah.
4: moist oh moist
0: <laughs> we need a noun
1: apartment building
0: apartment okay we need another noun boot boot?
5: <laughs> boot what boot. okay <laughs>
0: We need... Oh, God. And this is where we get cancelled. We need a celebrity.
2: John? What do you got? Mar- oh, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, John. Let's let let us figure out... You tell us who the lawsuit's coming
3: from. Yep. <laughs> I have a feeling we were going to say the same one. Because I was going to say Meryl Streep. No, I was going to go with Marilyn Monroe.
4: <laughs> oh, see, I was going to go with Lindsay Lohan. I was going to go with someone really bad.
1: Kevin Spacey. Yep.
4: There
3: you go. <laughs> Alright, let, let's take a vote. Canceled. Who are we going for? Kevin Spacey.
5: Mar- yeah, okay. I was <laughs> go with Kevin Spacey.
1: <laughs> Alright,
0: Kevin Spacey. Just because that one's wrong. so wrong. Alright.
3: It, it
2: could be perfectly right. We don't know yet. Besides yeah. yeah.
3: if he sues us, what chance does he have of winning at this point? Alright, that's a
0: good point. Need an adjective. Wet. Wet?
2: Moist and wet, huh?
0: Got something on your mind, Heather?
4: (laughs) No. Maybe. (laughs) Noun. Just can't think of anything else. None.
0: None. That's wholesome. A wet (laughs) nun. Welcome. Need a verb ending in ing.
3: Exacerbating. Ooh.
0: Exacerbating? Mm. -hmm. Okay. I didn't know you knew a word that long. I need an animal in the plural.
3: Uh, I think we should go back to platypuses. because Platypie? Platypie. Platypie. Platypussies?
0: Platypussies. Mm. <laughs> Moist platypussies. <laughs> All right, we need an adjective.
2: Daunting.
0: Daunting. There is a fun
2: one.
4: That is a good word.
0: We need an exclamation. Help!
4: I was going to yell surprise. There's no
5: bad answer here!
0: (laughs) I (laughs) kind of want to go with surprise in case it's, like, really bad. Like, surprise
1: butt sex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I vote, yeah, I vote surprise.
0: Surprise. Yeah. And finally, we need a noun. Butt sex. Do
3: it. No. That's an adjective. Aww. I mean, that's a ver- uh, verb. No. It's an action. Butt act sex. Of is...
0: Butt sex. Oh, that's.
4: Wister. What? Wister.
0: <laughs> oh. Oyster or moisture?
4: <laughs> oyster, like the clam.
0: Oyster, okay. Okay, yeah, she's definitely got something on the
4: mind. No, you guys <laughs> took all the fun words before, so I'm coming up know. with what I can think <laughs> of.
3: Moist, wet oyster.
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: That's, that's God. The well, you guys use like porn.
4: penis and all that other stuff, so <laughs> I got to come up with something clever.
0: Oh, God. I'm already reading this as I write it in, and it's just... <laughs> oh, God. Is it bad? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, huh?
2: I'm excited. Oh,
0: I have a feeling John is going to definitely say this. Oh, boy.
3: Yeah. That could be anything. I picture this music to like an old Laurel and Hardy skit. What? Right? Want... <laughs> Laurel and Hardy?
2: That's a fucking reference. Hey,
3: they were hilarious. Yeah, they were. Dude,
2: when I say that's a reference, I don't get it. <laughs> like, uh, that's dude. the kind of reference we talking
3: about here. You need to look that shit up.
2: I feel like you might not be wrong but holy shit I don't know what that means
3: all right uh, the best way I can put it somewhere in between Abbott and Costello and the three stooges okay fair enough I feel like that's a decent like comparison for them
2: that's that's quite a range but I'll take it like there's there's a lot of things that come between Abbott and Costello
3: and the three stooges yeah but, but uh, they're they're from the same time era okay gotcha
0: all right folks this is how we close out this episode oh God the first
2: the series
0: huh ah, probably. <laughs> ready <laughs> the first campaign. The party stood shoulder to eyeball at the opening of a slimy cave. Terra Buttcrusher, the reckless dwarf warrior, (laughs) stroked toward the entrance. But then John, the cleric, held her back. I sense a moist energy coming from in there. The (laughs) cleric whispered as the light atop his apartment flickered. Terra gripped her two-handed boot and smirked. We'll take care of it. She said, then Kevin Spacey Forest Keep, the wet elven rogue, (laughs) the wet elven rogue appeared from behind his cloak of none. Don't be so sure. He murmured, exacerbating a knife in his hand. Suddenly eight ferocious platypussies bolted out of the cave with daunting intent. Terra squealed with delight. Surprise! It's time for Oyster! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Terra, butt crusher, the reckless dwarf warrior, stroked towards the entrance. But then John the cleric held her back. I sense a moist energy coming from in there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Fuck, guys. <laughs> Go right ahead. It wasn't ahead as
2: bad as I thought it would be.
0: No, I thought it was going to be worse. I mean, it's still I... the opening of a bad porno. Yeah, I-, I, I got,
3: got it. 100%, but <laughs> I got to say, though, like, that's some serious role playing for John the Cleric because he doesn't know Moist <laughs> when he sees it. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: a fucking cleric.
5: he's not a
2: cleric by choice
0: alright folks (laughs) I believe that is how we will choose to end this session of matters at hand
2: I don't think we can choose
1: to end it there I think we have to (laughs) yeah just to be on the safe side
0: thank you much for listening we will see you next time
4: bye bye Guys, have a good night I'm
0: out